Um, yeah, I don't know if I does like if you set a timer on your phone, does it actually give like an alarm of some kind? That could be an experiment yeah. to try. I don't. I never yeah. set my timer on my phone. We should have a specific noise for the rundown for Bry Guy and Super Friends rundown noise, like a a, a lightsaber noise. Yeah, there you go. You can get the lightsaber thing. <laughs> or Chewbacca interrupts oh, you. Oh, wait, you know what? I have. Well, that's not going to coincide with the timer and stuff, but I have, like, the Star Wars app has, like, sound bites and stuff on it. Tie it in. Loop it in. You can figure it out. Ugh. <laughs> uh, we're talking about trying to make editing easier, and you're like, nah, just every so often you're going to have to do this. <laughs> sound effects. Uh, where is it? That's rather jarring. <laughs> I, I pooped my pants a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> give, give us an R2-D2. I think that might go better. Uh, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that one's the one. <laughs> <laughs> the first half, not, not bad. Yeah, you know what? Your timer comes up. You I kind of like it. You get screamed at in joy. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and His Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Mike Bradley. Red 5, checking in. And Andy Stoltz. What's up, podcast people? So, we are back after what seems like a very, very extended break. Uh, hopefully you missed this, because otherwise, what the hell are we doing this for? Uh, <laughs> I tried yeah. to get Brian to correct me on checking in versus standing by, and he never does it. I just, I'm just so happy you're saying something other than just, uh, I don't know, hello. <laughs> your, your intros are getting better, so I'll let them slide for... <laughs> Inaccuracy? Okay. Fair enough. Uh, maybe next time, now that you brought it to my attention, I'll try to keep an eye out for it the next time. Um, yeah, so we, we had a couple episodes that went extremely long, which filled my quota for the month, and we did that early in May, so we haven't done anything since that. Um been trying to find a couple topics to come back this seemed like a good enough to, one to do um i know there's a bunch of other shit we should talk about which we're gonna have to save for another time so for now uh since our first episode back we're gonna be covering some video game news uh as we like to do this time of year this is the e3 episode that we do for the electronic entertainment expo uh, which is actually still going on at the moment the uh the press briefings have all come and gone the show floor is technically open right now so if anybody at the event is there, hopefully playing some games. Is E3 held at the same city every year? Most, I think they switched it up a couple times, but it's mostly at the LA Convention Center, I think. Okay. Um, and I was actually I was trying to read up on some of this stuff, because I know E3, I think the, the, the company that is in charge of it, the entertainment, or the, it's the ESA, Entertainment Software some, something, something, agent, not agency, I don't know, I can't remember. Um. Their, their whole, like, uh, hierarchy and everybody that works for them, there's, like, infighting and a bunch of drama at the company that no one knows how to run this event. 
So like before, it, like years ago, E3 was a trade show. So before the internet, they would video game companies, people that make video game accessories, sell hardware, all that stuff would go to the trade show, and they'd have people from like Walmart or you know Sears, Toys R Us, all these companies that would sell video games, and they would try to sell them their product and say, hey, you know, stock this in our store, in your store. This is what it does. They're demoing stuff for people so they could try to you know, get companies to sell to buy it so they could sell it. Yeah, they're, you know, trying to get some interest in their product. Right. So in the years since it's no longer really a trade show and it's now turned into sort of like a Comic Con thing where it's just like announcements and they don't there's no one there selling products anymore because stuff just goes uh straight you know, straight to, to the businesses and stuff. And so I guess they haven't really adapted to the times and there's a lot of companies that are backing out of E3 because they don't see a reason to go there. Most notably this year, Sony, everyone's starting to feel like, well, we could just put stuff on YouTube whenever we want to announce something and we don't have to go through. Oh, that was the other thing too, because E3 used to be, it was a journalist thing. So like magazines for video games and, and that's how you would get your information out about upcoming games and in the video game slate. You would, you know, debut it at the show. Journalists would write about it in their magazines. People would buy magazines to figure out what's coming. Now they just go straight to the consumer and the people that play video games, courtesy of the internet. So they don't need the middleman. So they have they've had attendance problems at the show. Um, they tried changing it up, like I don't know, maybe ten years ago or something. They changed they minimized it. They moved it somewhere else that was a very small venue. They only had like ten thousand people invited or something like that, and then that kind of went to shit after that and they didn't they never did that again um and then they opened they've more recently they've opened the show floor up for just regular people so if you wanted to buy a ticket to e3 you could buy a ticket go to the floor and just go to booths and play games which is a new experience maybe in the last five or ten years for the for the event so and yeah there's i feel like there's less and less developers and companies that go and debut stuff there um Again, Sony is the most noticeable absent this year. I don't I don't know when the hell they're going to debut stuff. Maybe Gamescom or something. I think it's in the next couple months, but So, anyway, so we're going to try to cover the stuff that uh people did debut and talk about. There's a couple different studios and developers that still have presentations there, and those are usually the big draw. Um they started Saturday with EA um, Sunday was Microsoft and Bethesda. Monday was Ubisoft and Square Enix. And Tuesday was Nintendo. And Nintendo, I think, has a presence at the show floor, but they don't even do like a traditional briefing, like go on stage and debut stuff. They hold what they call Nintendo Direct, which is go to their YouTube channel and for two hours they just drop trailers and streams and gameplay about the games that are coming out for the system. So they're not really doing a whole stage show like everybody else is doing. So I guess Nintendo's sort of like in the middle. They're they're sort of involved with E3, but still going straight to YouTube whenever they're debuting gameplay and trailers and stuff. So I don't know. I feel like the last couple of years, Nintendo wasn't even at E3 at all. Like had no presence whatsoever. Oh, uh, that could be too. I don't. I thought they I feel were like, still there, but I feel like you, me, and Jeff talked about that the last couple of times. About how Nintendo just sort of does their own thing all the time. Yeah. Well, they yeah, they were the first one, I think, to really just be like, well, we don't really need to be there for, like I said, at least the, the briefings and stuff. And that's when they started doing their YouTube channel stuff. 
And I think they do that a couple times a year. I don't think it's just around E3 time. I think they pick certain instances where they just say, hey, like in a, you know, next week, we're going to have a Nintendo Direct stream. So this is the date and time it's going to happen. So check it out. And then word will get around and people will watch that. Well, and I mean, this other product, Nintendo doesn't have to do a whole hell of a lot. I mean, well, that too. Yeah. They, they, they can plop somebody out there and go, we're making a new Zelda and it's going to sell like fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. They just yes. have to inform you when it's going to release and it's going to fly off the shelves. Yeah. Um, and the same is for most of their major titles. I mean, name a major Nintendo title that's not going to fly off the shelves when they announce it. Yeah. So yeah, they know they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll we'll kick it off with uh, Saturday was EA. EA is actually another publisher that uh, is not at the event. They have their own event called EA Play, which is offsite somewhere else in LA, and they held their own stream where they were. You know, having interviews and debuting games and gameplay and stuff, again, over the internet. Twitch, YouTube, um, other streaming platforms and stuff like that. So, was there anything that you... Did you guys end up at all watching the stream or catching up on the stream? I didn't actually watch the presentation, if that's what you mean. Okay. Yeah, no, I didn't either. Just caught up on some of the reveals and gameplay and stuff later? Yeah. Okay. Um... So Andy, I'll just start with you then. What uh, what caught you from EA's stuff? Uh, definitely the Star Wars game. That's an obvious choice. Yes. Yeah. Um. Other than that, not a ton really excited me about EA because I don't know. Is it is it um, Battlefield? Yes. EA. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just there's so many iterations of that anymore that it just I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. So, I know they were supposed to introduce a new, was it a Pacific something or another? Yeah, they're bringing the... Yeah, Battlefield think, 1 or Battlefield 5? It's Battlefield 5. five. So, and it's they're the, doing the a World New War Pacific, II scenario. Yeah, Pacific campaign or something. But I was like, yep, don't have that, don't care. So... <laughs> It's um, I th- see. I kind of find that funny because, like, I feel like you were the one that got me into Battlefield way back I, when. Y- yeah, it's weird how my tastes <laughs> have changed because you know, like, I had Battlefield 1942 and Battlefield Vietnam for my old gaming PC, like right when they like first came out. So I remember playing the like, shit out of Vietnam at your place. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I think I've I've taken up the flag for Battlefield. I I really fucking like that game a lot. I'm I'm mad at myself for not playing it as often as I should, as I feel like I should. Because I think it is really solid, and I do think, at least maybe just my preferences, I prefer that gameplay style over Call of Duty. So if I'm picking like a military shooter, that's the one that I go for. Yeah, I agree. Like it, the the market feels a bit inundated. I, I was having a discussion about like the current military shooter status, um, and the it, the market just feels so saturated over our gaming lifetime. Oh yeah. With these things that they really don't have anywhere else to go or any new places to touch on. They can go into some alternate future that they wish to explore or they can go back to something they've already done and do it again. Which Call of Duty tried resolution. to do the future and everyone was like, "Fuck you, give us the past or present, anything else but this." <laughs> and now they're just going back to the, well, we did World War 2 and now we're going to do modern warfare again. Yeah. Um and to me, that's just no. And, and there's, don't get me. It, 
It Correct looks me cool. if I'm wrong, I mean, but there's the, there's the trailer looks cool. Three but, different studios that do Call of Duties. Is there three now? There, I knew there, Infinity Ward and Treyarch were doing them. There were three. I th- I don't know the, what they. So it was Infinity things. Ward, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer were the three. Okay, oh, yeah, right. Sledgehammer. But, but Sledgehammer, like, yeah, the, really Sledgehammer. Really, like, <laughs> their last two were just awful, right? So, so I like from what I remember, I don't remember which one Sledgehammer did. Treyarch is typically all the Black Ops games. Infinity Ward is usually some sort of like Infinite Warfare might have been. Uh, Infinity War, and I know the Modern Warfare games like once, once Modern Warfare one, two, and three. I think were all Infinity Ward. I think Sledgehammer was Ghost, and that's where they dropped the ball. And they okay, just, like it was just a train wreck. Well, I know what was happening recently is that Modern Warfare was next, and then Treyarch, since they just did Black Ops, bef- Black Ops four before you know is the, is the most recent one out currently. Right. And we're getting Modern Warfare again, which is going to be Infinity Ward. So Treyarch was supposed to have two years to make another game after after Inf- Modern Warfare comes out. So basically, Sledgehammer would be the next studio up after Modern Warfare. Um, but the news inside of Activision is saying that they didn't like what Sledgehammer was doing. They basically canceled that game and said, oh, Treyarch, uh, you're up a year early. Make another Black Ops. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with Sledgehammer, but they, they might be working on the game with Treyarch, but they are going to turn another Black Ops around very quickly. So I don't know what that's going to mean. I think I feel like Call if of Duty struggling. If they don't have a campaign, but... I will not be buying it because I mean that to me that was always like the highlight that Treyarch was able to do that Infinity Ward wasn't. In my opinion, was the campaigns were engaging and fun. Yeah, and like from War at War forward, they they, they nailed it. But I, I never was like I the first Modern Warfare. I enjoyed the campaign. The second one, eh. The third one, not at all. And so I'm really curious to see if anybody actually still plays the campaigns for these games. Because I think even like something like Battlefield 1, and everybody praised the war stories in Battlefield 1. Oh, they're really good content. They're really solid stories. And then they really wanted them in Battlefield 5, which they included. But I still haven't, I haven't touched the single player in Battlefield 5 at all. I played through the complete in both of them. Um, and they're good, but there's just not much there. Which I guess, yeah, I guess I expect them to be a little bit thin, there's, considering there's no, how much other content they try to put in those games. Right. You have to, there's no yeah. replayability. There's like once you've done it, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, those like games it, are so multiplayer oriented, though. You know, you right. you have to pretty much constant like that's your focus. Let's make multiplayer badass because that's. Yeah what's going to sell the copies or I feel like the digital when packs. they were doing better like when when the games were better when Call of Duty and Battlefield were in their golden era let's say they were focused on the campaign and because they focused so well on what they were doing there and making the gunplay tight and making everything work and make the campaign fun unleash that same fun right into multiplayer and I feel like people enjoyed the hell out of it right and I now feel it's like now sort they're of focusing reversed. too much on <laughs> yeah. one, and it's not as fun because they're, I don't know, it just doesn't have that same snap to it anymore. I don't know, even that being said, I think the gunplay in Battlefield Five is one of the best ones they've done. My only issue with Battlefield Five was how much, how similar it felt to Battlefield One. Which, yeah, I mean, I guess I understand, because it's the next one after that. So if they turn them around every two years, which is, it, they usually 
take a year off in between Battlefield games because I think it's the same yeah. studio, right? It's just Dice. Yeah, it's just Dice. So and they're making Battlefront too at the same time. Those are I think those are two different Dice studios. Branches. Though. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I can understand the quick turn, like you know, sort of repurposing assets and stuff like that from one game to the next. But which I, I like, I understand what you're getting at. It just that to me was the only major drawback. Like it, the multiplayer in that game is awesome. Yeah, because I remember just, when that first came out, you were the one. I didn't even get a chance to play it because I didn't have it when it first came out. But I remember you were the one that was telling me this game is awesome. You need to play it. This is great. Yep. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it's still the same thing with the same as Battlefield One, where I can't fly a fucking thing in those games. Oh yeah, I wish, I could, I, I wish I the pilot controls planes. were better for me, but I, you know. <laughs> Yeah, every single oh. Battlefield game I've played, even Battlefront, I cannot fly worth a, a, <laughs> See, a hot diggity damn. The space battles, I'm fucking awesome. I love that. But yeah, but but put me in some sort of space fighter trying to shoot something on the ground, and I will always kamikaze right into whatever I'm going to shoot. <laughs> I feel like always. their depth perception's a little off. <laughs> yes, when, yeah, when I get that. Hit things. <laughs> But in every match, there's always that one guy that's a fucking awesome bomber that destroys one side or the other. Like, yeah. He has 50-some-odd kills, didn't fire a gun. I'm like, well. And that's something I think Call of Duty... Maybe that's what Battlefield sets apart from Call of Duty, is Battlefield has a lot more vehicular combat, which I don't think Call of Duty really does anymore. It's infantry-based, close quarters, not very big maps. I think Battlefield... Try that hardy skill, yeah, not as fun. Yeah, I think, See, I think Battlefield, for me... The, just the size of the maps, it feels like a bigger battle. The amount of players that are in there, where you can have 64 people playing against each other. Like, that, it's enormous. 64, like, like 32 versus 32, or are you talking uh-huh. 64 versus 64? Sorry, yeah, 32 versus 32. 64 okay. total. Yeah. Okay. Which Maybe, maybe next gen will get that 64 versus 64. <laughs> oh my god, I will, that would be, the maps have to be humongous. Dude. I, I always, I always hated the close quarter stuff. You know, yes. where it's yeah. like every every turn you take, there's someone with a fucking shotgun, and you're right. just like... <laughs> I mean, there a lot are of still... games run into those problems. <laughs> I, yeah. I will admit there are still frustrating parts of Battlefield Five when I play online, but I get nowhere near as frustrated playing that game as I do playing a Call of Duty game. Right. Call of Duty, I'm ready to punch my fucking TV. <laughs> Call of Duty, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I, the, the thing I will say, it, like, it gives it a little bit more realism, which I don't necessarily like. Because, like, if you're sniping in Call of Duty, you just have to hit the person. Anywhere. You, right. Yeah, yeah, anywhere. You can just hit, hit, their them. Toe, hit, the, hit their toe and they're dead. Yeah, it just hit them. Whereas at least Battlefield, you have to get a headshot for that one-shot kill. So the sniping is not as, like, ridiculous where you run out and it's like, oh, cross-mapped and you're dead. <laughs> you know, as soon as you peek from any cover, there's somebody with their sights on you and you're screwed. Yeah. I don't know. I will. I will. I will support Battlefield Five. I. I still really enjoy that game. I. They just added a new map. They're. They started bringing in the. Uh, the Greece part of World War Two, like maps based around Greece. Mm-hmm. So they just added a map this month. It was all their content's free. So there was another free map this month called Mercury, which I, I was thought thinking was... John Travolta. I'm sorry. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the. Not the. Yeah. Not that. That would be weird. I was like, DLC. why? <laughs> Grease lightning. <laughs> Armored up like twisted metal, just rolling through the battlefield. <laughs> um, but 
no, yeah, the, the the that map that they added I thought was fucking great. I had a lot of fun playing that one. They're adding maps similar to that, I think, over the next couple months. I think we're getting another one at the end of June, another one in July. And these and are then, full maps you're talking about, like full Yeah, like full uh, multiplayer maps that they're adding. Yeah, that's what I mean, like full um what's the game mode called? Conquest. Conquest, yeah. 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 Um and then like Andy was saying, I think their their Pacific Theater of War that they're bringing in, they said Whenever season five starts, with it, sometime in the fall, I can't remember if it was like August or September, October, somewhere in there, um, they're dropping, it, maybe it might be another trickle, like a, a map a month type of thing, but they're adding the Japanese American forces, you're getting new weapons, vehicles, maps based around that. Um, they were describing maps where like the, the Japanese forces are entrenched on the on a coastline somewhere and the american forces are coming in on amphibious craft and have to storm the beaches like normandy which to me sounds really cool of a setup for for how that could work just the amount of like 32 people jumping off of boats and storming a beach in a battle online with other players sounds in, insanely fun to me It does sound fun. I think you actually stormed the beach in the original Battlefield 1942, if you remember. I See, a lot of my flashbacks to like storming the beach of a World War II game always come back to Medal of Honor. I don't remember it in 1942. I remember Medal of Honor doing that in their campaign, and that's the one that always sticks with me for some reason. Oh, what a franchise that fell off the map completely. I know, that one's completely gone. It was too it, it was too saturated, too, too much on the market. Like yeah. I'm surprised there's enough space for like competition at all. Oh yeah, yeah. But Andy, if you have any interest in Battlefield Five, again, I highly recommend it. It's typically on sale a lot. Like you could probably find it for thirty bucks. We will play it with you. That's not bad. Gladly, yes. I now is now is it one of those things where you have to like level up your engineer, level up your Yes, yeah. assault four guy, and, okay, and then each of the weapons has to level up and all that jazz. Each um, each class is ba- like each class has its own leveling system, so you have to get each class leveled up to unlock the uh, assortment of the guns, be- the better weapon. Okay, yeah, the guns um, themselves don't really level up to get better; they just level up cosmetically. Well, okay. they have certain stats and stuff. I think like there's some sort of skill tree for each weapon if you use it enough. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know how well it really affects the gameplay. I actually don't pay attention to the skill tree whatever I level up on the gun. If I find a gun that I like, I just keep using it and try to see. And then, like, now they have, like, when you play the matches and do, uh, chat, like, certain challenges they have daily or weekly challenges, whatever it is, um, your reward is some sort of currency, battle coins or whatever they call it. I can't remember. Company coins or something like that. Um, the weapons I think they've added for... The de- like any additional content stuff are purchasable with this currency that you get from challenges. So you don't have to yeah. just level up your class to unlock it. You can, if you have enough coin, purchase the weapon to play it immediately. So something to keep in mind too, I guess. But okay, yeah, I I was I actually played it a lot this last week. I decided to just get into it with the new map, and I got sucked back in, and I really fucking enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to this next batch of content. I definitely think it's gonna bring me back in to play it more often and they do mike did you ever try the um the battle royale that they tried that they're doing no Firestorm? i i uh during that whole release time i was playing Sekiro. okay so 
I tried that, it a couple that times. Took up a whole month. It's. I mean, if you like battle royale games, I guess it's the same same type of thing. I had a little bit of issue I do with. Not. Um, is no, that okay. like the whole Fortnite spiel where you go into an island? Right. Kind of, all... but it, it's more like Apex because it's teams, right? Oh, okay. But it's, it's the same idea. Like you guys are, you are going into a, an area of the map that is constantly shrinking, and you have to be the last man or team standing. Yeah, it's like what sixteen teams of four. Yes. Go into each one. Yeah. So you know, depending on how you feel about those game types, I felt like it was it was it's similar enough to the other ones that I I think they did a little bit more different because there's you can. There are some vehicles involved, which I think added dimension to it, which could be interesting. Um, the destructibility that is paramount in Battlefield games now, I think, plays a factor in the Battle Royale stuff. And, well, really, any game mode that you play in there. Yeah. The, the destructibility of the buildings and the environment is fucking fantastic. And I think that's another reason it sets, up, sets itself apart from Call of Duty. That That's definitely one thing that I, I you never see enough people doing when you, when you start a map or a match of Battlefield. Now you have to build. Oh, yeah. The you, you just go in and key. just... You go and you do a bunch of fortifications. One, they help, but two, you get a bunch of points towards unlocking vehicles or airdrop bombs called in, and yeah. you know, like that. You can earn points that way really fast, and it's free. You don't have to like beat anybody to do it. It's just right. build shit. You can <laughs> just blow it up yourself and rebuild it again. It's another thing that I think Battlefield does better than Call of Duty. I think Call of Duty lends itself to the lone wolf mentality of like, I'm just going to go kill a bunch of people. I don't care what my team's doing and we will win. Battlefield, maybe just it's because of the game types that I'm used to playing on Battlefield, but they're, they're bread and butter, the conquest or um, their rush game mode, whatever it is. Playing the objective gets you more points than just straight out killing people the entire match. So they reward yeah. you for playing the way you are supposed to play, which helps the matches, I think, go the way they're supposed to instead of just like one guy that's wiping everybody out. You might still have that, but your team could still win even if that guy's just wiping everybody a, out. A, a kill just in an objective zone is worth like five times a kill that's nowhere near an objective zone. Yeah. Like whether you're capturing or defending or fighting over the territory, you get so much more credit if you're actually trying to take the objective. Right. Yeah, so, I don't know, I'm, I feel like I'm just trying to sell this game on Andy now, <laughs> and I don't I don't know if it's working, so I'm, I'm going to try to move us on here. Well, uh, I'll move us on. Andy mentioned the, the Star Wars game. Yes, yes. Um, it, it looks to be a game right up my alley. I heard a lot of yeah, people afterwards it, saying, like, Dark Souls, it seems like it doesn't like really Se seem that way. It, I heard a lot of um, comparisons to Sekiro, even so. Yeah, the the armor slash posture meter kind of thing that it has, like Sekiro, seems much more similar to that. Um, I think I had this discussion with Brian about when they're making a Star Wars game, how difficult it can be to create like a cool, fun character to use with the Force. It still makes sense if you're going to start with a Padawan who, from what we've seen of the gameplay, can stop blaster bolts in midair just like fucking Kylo Ren can, who is the only person before that we've seen with that ability. Um, so Some of the things he does in the, in the trailer here, I'm like, that's not a Padawan. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like they 
kind of juiced him up a little bit for the game, which is a, you know, is into Star Wars as I am. It bugs me to see a Padawan well, doing that stuff. That's kind of how the Force Unleashed was, because he wasn't really technically but he was, a Sith either. So, but he was tapping into the dark side, which opens up a lot of possibilities. That many possibilities. You, I, mean, I think, you, Mike, this is. This is, you know, the discussion that you and I, I think, we're, we're having over text is just like, you're you're making a, a Star Wars game with a Jedi where there's Force powers involved. People want variety and a, even Force powers they haven't seen before, especially something like Force Awakens. Kylo Ren stopping the blaster bolt is a cool fucking Force power that you've never seen before. So, of course, everyone likes that. They're going to incorporate it into the game just because it's new and it's cool. I, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I accept it. And it's not like I'm not going to be happy to do it in the game. It's still just something I notice that irks me. That's all. The way I figure is they are. This game is considered canon, so they had to have the blessing of the Lucasfilm Story Group. If the Lucasfilm Story Group is signing off on this is what a Padawan can do in this game, then if they're giving the okay, I'm I'm fine with it. Okay, that that that's that's good enough. I feel did like they, if it was, if it was go, that outlandish, they would they would nix that and say, no, you can't do that. There's no way in fucking hell. Do they go into detail about uh, any of the story, really, at all? I, I didn't really see much. So is it like a Padawan who is really young when Order 66 happens and then sort of trains himself to become better but doesn't have anybody to declare him not a Padawan anymore? You know what I mean? Um, I think it's more he. I think you're you're right with the first part. I think he's a he's young Padawan. Whenever Order sixty six happens, presumably he loses his master. He goes on the run. I don't know if he, I don't think he's training at that point though. I think he's okay. trying to fly under the radar and not be known and seen for fear of being exterminated. So I don't think he would be practicing force powers anywhere. And I think that's part of the game is that now he has to somehow be involved in this conflict and is trying to train himself as he goes, or maybe he finds a teacher along the way. Maybe that's part of the, part of the story. But he's obviously growing in force powers as the game goes. Yeah, that has to be the case. That's just game progression in general. Like, yeah. So it's it would make sense. As far as how young he is when Order 66 happens, I guess we'll just have to wait and find out how much time actually passes. Um... Because, I mean, as far as I know, the, the only things we really know for sure about the story is what Brian has said and that the main force-wielding adversaries are going to be the Inquisitors. Okay. It's from, because from th- like that's uh, just from ad, Rebels. Like, promo posters and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we have, I think there's Purge Troopers, which are like the dark armored uh, Stormtrooper things that looks like they have the staff that Grievous's droids use. Yeah, okay, that actually looked really cool. They're supposed to be, I think, somehow trained to like take on Jedi or fight Jedi. They don't seem like they're doing a very good job because they keep getting wiped out. But but yeah, I think Mike's right. I think the, the as of right now, the, the top tier type of boss villain we are expected to encounter are the Inquisitors. Which so I'm no mention if we'll cross paths with Vader or anything like that, but Maul. Inquisitors, yeah, yeah, that too, yeah, but uh, yeah, Inquisitors, I think are good enough for me. I'm sold. I think that it it furthers the lore of like these are the guys that are hunting other Jedi that 
Darth, you know, Darth Vader is too busy to do. So these are the ones you have to watch out for. And I was really surprised too. The the fucking the gameplay they showed, they debuted it, they talked about it. No one made any fucking mention that freaking Forced Whitaker's in the game. Yeah, like that that seemed like a big deal that you would be like, and our star Forest right. Whitaker, like this, right? Isn't he Academy Award get. winning? Like, <laughs> like I saw Saw Gerrera and I'm listening to the voice, like, that sounds really like Forrest Whitaker. And then the game plays over, and they make no mention of, oh, by the way, we got this very high-profile actor that was in Rogue One to come back and voice the and Rebels, too, and to voice the character for the game, and no mention. So I'm like, well, what the, maybe it was just a very, very good voice actor that sounds like him. Yeah. And then I happen to see Forrest Whitaker tweet that he is, you know, Saw Gerrera's back. I feel and, like he felt the same way. Like, you're not even going to fucking mention me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'll I, do it myself. Yeah, Shit. Let me throw this out there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty excited about this game and the fact that it is uh, a single player game. Yeah. Okay. So that's something I want to talk about, too, because this kind of pisses me off. One, EA, their excuse for canceling Visceral's single player game was that, that those games don't make money. We don't want to make them because there's no replayability there. And then they go ahead and continue to make Respawn's single-player-only game. That was Out of the two of them, I would have much rather played Visceral's single-player game than this one. And that was the one that was the Coruscant level... That was, that was the, the Boba one... Fett thing, right? The, the... Well, that that was 1313. That yeah. was years ago. That was LucasArts. Um, oh. Visceral's game... Um, oh, yeah, no, you, you're right. It might have been Boba Fett. I can't remember... I thought 1313 was Visceral's... Like 1313 was, was the game LucasArts was making when they got canceled. Yeah, but I yeah. thought that's what Visceral picked up. Like, I thought that's what they were... I think they were making something spiritual successor to that. I don't okay. think it was that game. Um, but that was the one Amy Hennig was in charge of. She was the one that did... Like, they, they were pulling a lot of Uncharted alumni for Visceral's game. Mm-hmm. And when you start telling me that, the, the how much I love the Uncharted series... I was I thought that was going to be a great fucking game, and even just a little bit of gameplay and uh, not gameplay, but uh, uh, like footage that they had debuted, I thought looked you know amazing, and I had all this hype around it, and then just try to throw it away and cancel it, and then with you know with the assumption that no one plays these games anymore, they don't make money, we're not gonna, and then they just go ahead and continue make like. I don't know. They seem hypocritical now. EA does that. They've you, let this EA game sounds happen, hypocritical. But not the other one. That's never yeah, well, happened yeah. before. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm saying Sarcasm the obvious things a... here. <laughs> but I don't. I don't know. It's still. It's still. It's still got a sore spot for me. I think. Obviously, yeah. Because I'm getting this irritated about it. But I mean, there's a lot of games we would love to see happen. A spiritual successor to Knights of the or not Knights of the Old Republic, but the Old Republic, an online MMO Star Wars game. It, I, I killed. Did you ever play? Right now. Did you ever play the Old Republic? It's still going. The MMORPG. I've never actually had a gaming PC, so no. Uh, okay. Andy, I were played, you playing that for a while? I did play it for a while. It was a blast. I had a hell of a lot of fun with it. I played both yeah, of the Knights the of the Old Republic. It? What? Five years? Seven <laughs> years? Something like that? Oh, so you have, you've been away from it for that long? Oh yeah. Okay. Did they just start doing stuff you didn't like, or did you just didn't have time uh, to just, play it? Yeah, I kind of didn't have time to play it, and um, the people I was I, I was playing it with never really wanted to play it. So <laughs> it's it, you know MMORPGs like you can do a lot of stuff solo, and then 
there's a lot of like content where you need like big groups of people. Right. I guess I never really found like uh, I don't know if they call them clans or guilds or groups or whatever. Right. I never right. really found one that I fit into that allowed me to do like the like the big group content and stuff. So right. I would basically like log on, do the stupid shit that I would do every day, and it just got like monotonous. So yeah. Fair enough. But it was a blast. I loved that game. Yeah, I, it's still I think, going. They just had an expansion, actually. They, yeah, I feel like they keep putting out expansions for it. And if you want to try it, Mike, if you ever get a gaming PC, I believe it is free to play to a certain level. I, if I ever get one, that that would be something. But that's a long way off. If it's ever going to happen for me, it's a long way. <laughs> it, it's just too many other costs in life at this point. Too many, too many games. Other games to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. We're going to talk about a few of the other ones that are yeah. going to take up some time soon. Uh, yeah. That being said, I think uh, you know this Jedi Fallen Order game. I I will also be, regardless of how I feel about it. I, it's Star Wars. I will play it. I will get it. I will probably love it. So I'm I'm not complaining. Yeah. I just kind of you know part of me still wishes they had the other game made. Also, I mean, it, they, like my biggest attraction on it was the gameplay did not look that crispy like for something it looked a little bit when's the release date november november they still have some time to polish it it needs a good bit like it, it just it i don't know it just did not look it looked way too loose i think is a good way to put it for me in a game, would you like tighten that. that up back there? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm saying if you're looking for Sekiro, if you've played, I know of the three of us, I'm the only one that has played Sekiro. It looks really awesome, but I'm, I'm kind of uh, what's the word intimidated by it? <laughs> Don't be. Uh, <laughs> you haven't, dude. I can't you get past Xbox, the first I will... bridge in Demon Souls, so. You have an Xbox. I will give you my... I have a hard copy of Secure. I will give it to you and you can play it. No investment. If you promise to actually play it, I will just give it to you. You can give it back to me when you're done with it. Um, Five years later. Yeah. Well, <laughs> having said that, the, the point I was going to make was Sekiro, if that's what they were going for, the sword play, or in this case, the lightsaber play, if it were talking about Fallen Order, but in Sekiro, the sword play is so tight and perfect. Like, it is pixel-perfect sword play. And if they're going for that, for me, it's going to be a huge letdown if it's not at that level. So I think... That, to me, is why it didn't look as enticing gameplay-wise. Story-wise, yeah, I'm going to slog through it to see what they have to say about Star Wars, because I do that with any Star Wars content. So. I like that word, slog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if it's, like, if the combat feels precise, like you have to do button combinations to pull off certain moves against certain enemies, or if it's just, I'm just going to mash, you know, X, 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 oh. Y, Y. X, X, Y, X, Y. If it's like a coast-through just... campaign, I'll be disappointed. Like, by, ma yeah, I... by button mashing, you get through things. If it's like that, I'll be disappointed. If it's combat 
arc into Spider-Man or Arkham Asylum or, you know, something like that and less Force Unleashed, I think I will. Not that Force Unleashed is bad, but I feel like Force Unleashed, you just go in and just mash a button and attack, 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 and just you eventually take oh, everybody yeah. out. I mean, I that, that's the shit out of all the buttons way, in that game. Yeah. <laughs> the games worked a little bit. I mean, but the Batman like games had, like... time you're smashing of the buttons. Right, but there were like gadgets and certain moves to use. Where if you if you dodge and then like hold the right trigger and hit a button, you use a specific gadget right. for a specific scenario against a certain enemy. Like there's strategy there. I, I think we had the same conversation about Spider Man in the same sense where it doesn't force you to do enough of it. Where, yeah, like, I mean I think the dodge the mechanic goes a long way. To do it, but you don't have to do it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they, they try to push certain enemy types to use certain attacks against them to either disarm them or yeah, but like stun the, them or something. The, I mean, the combat would be very deep if you had to use your full arsenal, is what I'm getting at. Like, there's a full arsenal in that Spider-Man game and in Batman that you have access to that is extremely wide. Like, there's yeah. a ton of possibilities for what you can do, but you only really have to, like, take a shield off somebody or pull their gun away there's like maybe five to ten things that you actually have to do. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm a simpleton. That's a, that's enough for me, I guess. <laughs> well, here's the thing with like Dark Souls Sekiro style combat that this game is going for is it's not necessarily rigid. It's not going to tell you this enemy has to be taken down like this. It leaves it open to you from the start. How are you going to approach this enemy? Um, there's nothing holding your hand and telling you this is the best way to handle this enemy. It's going to leave it like you could do this, 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 this is what your character is capable of. There's an enemy. Go to it. So I, I, yeah, okay. I get that, but I'm just starting to wonder too. I don't remember at least in the, in the debut of the gameplay and stuff, if anyone working on the game compared it to these games or if this is the internet trying to put words in the game's mouth. Well, no, I'm just trying to, for the sake of making that comparison, that's all. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't want anybody to get their hopes up that it, they think it's going to be like like you're describing when no one involved with the game has said, this is what it, we're going for. I have to read that Game Informer did, a re- did an interview that I haven't gotten a chance to read yet. And one of the, like, chief editors, um, Andy Reiner, for Game Informer, specifically said that the game itself after the interview sounded to him like a dark souls slash Metroid type of like exploration and combat. I, I, I think I heard that same exact quote. Okay. So that was after his interview. So I'm going to have to read the interview and see what they said to him to get him there. Okay. But that's what I'm basing it on. Okay. Fair enough. That, yeah, that I did not read. So I am, I'm lacking there. Um, all right, I think those are probably the only two things for EA worth talking about. The other sports games, I don't give a shit about. Apex, I haven't played enough. I know they were updating and talking about that game, but I fell off to play other things, so I haven't gone back to Apex. Ian, leave an editorial they're, for us about Apex. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're making hand, money hand over fist with Apex, so... Apex is struggling. Yeah. Oh, it I came thought out, it was, it I came thought out it, strong. I came, it came out swinging like they were thinking it was going to be the new Fortnite and all this other kind of jazz. Turns out they paid a lot of streamers uh, to hype it up that much. <laughs> Which is a good marketing strategy, but everybody fell off once they weren't getting paid anymore, and then it everybody went back to Fortnite. So yeah. 
Nobody gives a shit anymore. And I think Apex, like Fortnite, has sort of cracked it where they're doing like almost weekly updates and stuff to the game, where do, somehow yeah. at changes and adds content. Apex was the same map, the same characters, the same weapon for the first like three months. Yeah. So if you play it that much and that often, people need the variety of, of additions and stuff to keep them invested. If you're not keeping your player base engaged, they're going to leave, yep. especially for a free game. So I think they're realizing that now and they're trying to bring people back, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. Yeah, a lot of the time, once you lose that player base, it's gone. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to Microsoft. I know there's a decent amount of stuff for Microsoft to talk about. Um. I know there's some obvious ones, but uh, uh, Mike, where do you want to? What do you want to start with? What from Microsoft got you? Well, I mean, the, the obvious start with Scarlet, and you know what they're gonna do. Um, my, my biggest concern with the Project Scarlet, whenever we get a name for it, I'll give you a quick little funny snippet. I was reading an article about it, and somebody said like the as yet to be named PlayStation successor. I'm like, just fucking call it PlayStation 5. Do you really think right. they're going to go 1, 2, 3, 4, and then something completely different? Come on, it's 5. Let's just deal with that. Um, the station play. Yeah, the station play now. now. Um, but my biggest concern with it is, what's this cost going to be like? For what they're yes. touting, Yeah, they're talking about an SSD in there for speed, which, that's great, but it's expensive. They're talking... 8K resolution, 120 frames per second on console. They're just skipping right over the 60 and saying, fuck it, we're going 120. Even though I guess 1X can do 60 now. But they're, they're going all out with these stats on this console, and all I'm seeing is dollar signs just adding up on the cost to buy that thing. Which I will do, but it, it concerns me that we could be looking at the first like seven or $800 console. Well, that's the thing. I think how how much? All right, try to remind me. Five. Xbox One. When if okay, that was my guess. Five hundred dollars. Yeah. I don't think you can sell a console over five hundred dollars. I think that is the limit to get people to upgrade for a new console. I hope you're right. And I feel like they have to know that if you if you if this thing comes out and it's six hundred bucks, I don't think it's going to sell. I think six, it'll still sell. I think if they push that next seven or eight, it's going to die. Like it, well, not seven die, or eight is rough. But I could see maybe like putting five fifty, yeah. But yeah, especially depending on what bundle it is. I mean, considering well, this, yeah, I feel like be... this console generation was very short, and considering they just did the Xbox One X, what two years ago? Which when they when they did that, I was like, I'm not buying this. They're going to release a new console, like a whole that's new what, thing. That's what we said. Yeah, like just... it's not. It'd be great to get that sixty frames a second right now, but. I, I can't justify I, I, it. Yeah, I bit it. I I got that. Well, <laughs> which is why I'm very hesitant. I think for this next one, but I think that's I think that's part of it. But still, even like the 500 to 600 dollar range, I feel like has to be it. 600, I still feel like is pushing it. 500, I think would be the sweet spot of, especially because that's what the Xbox One cost. I, that's why I think I see six. That that's what I'm thinking is just because it's just going to push that envelope a little further. And honestly, if, if Microsoft edge. is really smart, they should, whatever it costs them, whatever they want to sell it at, say they want to sell it at $600, that's their price point that they're looking at. If Sony comes out and says, our PS5 is coming, this is the date, 600 bucks for it. 
Microsoft should then go $500 for the next Xbox, and it's yours. And Halo Infinite comes with it. Yes. And you will sell gangbusters for that console. They will beat the crap out of PlayStation, and they will get the, the headway they need to win the next console generation. $100 price cut off the gate from your competitor will kill that competitor. Yeah. They um, they pretty much lost the, the last one, right? This one, yes. Yeah. PS5 outsold the gangbusters. PS4. Four. Four, sorry, yes. PS4 also actually had good exclusives. They had so much going for them. I mean, that's one of the things that Xbox really needs if they want to push forward in that next generation, where you had games like Spider-Man and God of War, and what what did we have for Xbox One from Microsoft as an exclusive? Gears of War 4, which kind of sucked. Like... Yeah, well, I think that's why they're pushing Halo for the next one because they know Halo will sell, sell systems. Yeah, just on the name alone. I we'll, but, we'll get into so how this I was, about that I'll, trailer. But I was I was talking to uh, a friend of mine uh, who's a big Halo fan, and I was trying to figure out. They didn't mention at the show when they talked about Halo. They talked about it being a launch title for uh, Scarlet, and they talked about that it's going to release like both things are going to release holiday twenty twenty. I don't think they mentioned at the show whether or not Halo is going to be on Xbox One or sh- exclusively for the next generation on the Scarlet. Oh. If you look at the website, like Xbox's website for Halo Infinite, yeah. the deta- game details for the page says, Master Chief returns in Halo Infinite, the next chapter of the legendary franchise beginning holiday 2020, developed by 343 Industries for the entire Xbox family of devices including Project Scarlet and Windows PCs. Halo Infinite continues the Halo 5 Guardian storyline, takes place, takes the franchise in ambitious and unexpected directions, powered by the all-new Slip Space Engine. So, that alone makes me feel like this will also be available for Xbox One. Yeah. So, for people that own an Xbox One and want to play Halo, they will not upgrade for Scarlet. I think that's a stupid move if you want to sell consoles. I agree. That's not. It's not a smart move, but they also want to sell games. Like, but how much money do they actually make on games? Well, hardware is what's going to make them profit. I don't know. Like, it, it, like hardware in the long run is going to make you the profit in the long run for sure. Because then not only do they buy the hardware, but they buy the future games that you're only releasing for that hardware. So, yeah, you want to get that sold. And it's a really dumb thing. Especially when you're talking to the studio and you're going to have to have them downgrade the game so that it can play on other systems. Yeah, so I don't... I don't Again, I, I, I don't know if we can take this as official confirmation. That's the how I'm interpreting entire Xbox family of devices. That's how I would interpret it. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, it specifically it... mentions Project Scarlet and PC. Could that just be that, like, that's the Xbox family of devices they are talking about? It could be that it's poorly worded marketing. It's possible. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It. The business of it doesn't make sense to me. I understand you will, um, like your your player base will like this decision because it will not force people to upgrade immediately. Yeah. But if you are putting this game as a launch title for the next system, it is your intention, in my mind, doing that. You want to sell systems. So I I don't know. I it seems it seems really odd to me. I mean, any word on the uh, backwards compatibility? Complete. Okay. That is what I read, is that it's going to be com- fully backwards compatible with all previous Xbox systems. And they made a 
post recently saying that backwards compatibility will be stopping for current generation. So they're not like they're not adding any more games to the one the backwards back compatibility of, of like Xbox right. One to 360 or original. Right. Yeah. They gave like a, a final list of games. This is what we've added for this console generation. Our backwards compatibility team is going to move forward and work on backwards compatibility for Project Scarlet. Yeah. Which is you said complete. That's the way they said it. It will be functional Which, with Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. That's awesome. I mean, they, they stressed at the show that we understand you have a large library of games that you do not want to give up. We are trying to allow you to play your games wherever you want on any device you want. So they are. That, I feel like that's the future of games. That's what they're pushing. That's what everybody wants to push is that the flexibility to play what you want, where you want, and how you want it. And... That, to me, means you could play it on Xbox One, Project Scarlet. Eventually, they're going to make this work for your phones and all this shit, too. Stadia. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So, it, it the next couple of years, I think, are going to be really interesting. How much push we're going to get for the, the cloud-based streaming stuff, you know, games as a service, uh, digital content, if we're going to have any physical media for this stuff in the next five years? I don't think we are. Oh, man, I love owning discs, though. Like, just to have something physically in your hand instead of just, like, I love pressing, the, pressing like that, that X for, button. Like, to, to... box art. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't know how much you're actually going to own your games anymore. I think they're really pushing for... Games as a service model. You were paying a monthly subscription to an act to access a library of games that you can play as you're willing or as you want to. Ah, uh, Game Pass and PS Now. Get the fuck out of here. Um, that's what I'm telling you. They're they are. I guarantee you, that's where they want people to go. Case in point. So something else to talk about that they announced too uh, is an upgrade to Game Pass. Yeah, the called, ulti- ultimate. Or yes. Whatever. Yeah. So Game Pass Ultimate is. Xbox Game Pass, your subscription to Xbox Live, and they will be adding support for Xbox Xbox Game Pass on PC. Um, from what I understand, the library of games for console and PC will differ. Just because it is on Game Pass on console does not mean it is on Game Pass for PC. Fair enough. There are different lists. Um, but all three of those things are together for 15 bucks a month is what they're pushing. Now, I've, ha- I've heard this from two different people already today. Um, they are having a deal right now where you can sign up for your first month of Xbox Ultimate, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for one dollar. Yeah, right. What this does when you sign up for that is that if you have any outstanding prepaid time for your Xbox Live, it converts that time to an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription. So it just converts it towards your next month or two months. Meaning, or if three you months. have two two years paid already up front of Xbox Live when you sign up for Game Pass Ultimate you get 2 years of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Oh, I feel like that's a bug. This is in the details of the I checked it out right before I got on cuz I was I'm looking to do this today. Uh so so it adds another month to your existing Xbox Live subscription. If you have a subscription you are paid up for 2 years. You pay for a month of Game Pass for a dollar, so it adds another 2 years and a month. And but, then you get all of it. Game Pass for PC, Game Pass for console, Xbox Live. So it would behoove you then to sign up for like, there's one, there's a deal I think that's still active where you can get two years of gold for $60. Yeah, 
Yes. Do that so first do and then that. pay your so you dollar. Can, yes, yes. So you can do a maximum. It says in the details, it can, it redeems for a maximum of 36 months. So you can push this out three years if you want to. That's worth it. Now, what this is going to do, and I think this pushes their, we're trying to push games as a service. They probably want everyone to jo- join into this. Because I feel like the physical cards and codes for 12 months of Xbox Live are probably going to go away. They're going to want you to pay for, like... X, like the monthly subscription service for what they're trying to do. So you sign up for three years of this service, and in three years, by the time that three years is up and you are set to renew, I have a feeling the way you pay for Xbox Live is going to be completely different, and you're just basically going to be suckered into whatever they do. Probably. I'm thinking that sounds like a really good idea to pay for three years I am and sign up for the I am doing that as soon as we get off. I have I actually bought another year's subscription this afternoon to load it to my account so i have another year that i might actually just try to find somewhere cheap and and get it and load it up and try that and see how well it works i've had i've had two different people say the same thing to me that they are paid up for at least two or three years for this thing and they've checked their account their all their subscriptions say they have ultimate game pass up through you know whatever the the time frame is two or three years Yeah. yeah Okay. So, because nice. my okay. fear was that micro that is my, that was my first thought too was a bug, and next month Microsoft's going to catch on and say that oh you, you know it shouldn't say this you should only get one month after your month is up we're going to start charging you fifteen dollars a month for everything. But when you go to the dashboard and you have there's the ad right there for a dollar for Xbox Live Game Pass if you click on that and go to the details it explicitly tells you how it's going to convert and what that means and it it sounds exactly the way it was described to me. So. Damn. Heads up to anyone listening to this, you guys yourselves. Um, I don't know how long that that deal lasts, or it, I mean, it might, it might even not be just the the month for a dollar. It might just be even when it goes regular price. If it's fifteen bucks a month, and you sign up for the service, it could still convert whatever you have existing to that service. Yeah, you just would be paying fourteen bucks more than everybody else. But still, it's something to think about. I think, like I was trying to math it out in my head and. Considering I'd be paying, you know, basically sixty bucks a month. Well, or sorry, sixty bucks a year, and then getting Game Pass on top of the Xbox Live subscription, I'm already planning to pay for anyway, and just pay for it up front, and then for three years I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you're talking one hundred and eighty dollars a year. You're basically paying for one year and getting three. Right. So I am on board. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try that out plus it gives me a chance to experiment with game pass and see how that works game pass is decent conceivably conceivably if you know you cover your subscription for three years that covers when project scarlet releases so when that game that system comes out if you get it day one if you are an early adopter you will have game pass for a year and a half on that console Mm -hmm. i will not to mention whatever they end up doing with pc too if you have a gaming pc also or want to try games on pc that's included there too. Whenever they finally, it's it's considered in beta right now, or or will be shortly. So I don't know when the the PC part of it officially releases, um, but still, you'd be good to go for whenever that finally comes out. I've got a bucket of change that I've been collecting for a few years that's ready for that next Xbox. <laughs> it's kind of how I do it, actually. Like, I, it's just each generation just start a change container, and that's going to buy the next gen console. There you go. You know, by the time that next gen console comes around, you have a few hundred dollars in change. You're ready to go. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my like PSA for for anybody listening. Um, 
Another thing they they debuted too, not game wise, but it's an accessory. But the Elite Controller Two. Did you guys see this too? Uh, very briefly. Yeah, I, I, I know it's a thing that's happening, but I wasn't happy with my Elite Controller One, so I wasn't as thrilled to hear about Elite Controller Two. So I kind of skimmed over think, it. And was honestly, like, hey. I think you're the only person I've ever heard of that did not like theirs. I have a couple other friends that have them, and everybody talks very highly of their Elite Controller. The bumpers always break. They have this tiny little it. piece of plastic inside the damn thing <laughs> that holds the bumpers in place on this heavy, like heavy-duty, awesome controller that is awesome in every way, except for one tiny little piece of plastic that always breaks on the bumpers. I don't know what to tell you. You're too rough. Maybe I play you're games hit, that man, use the bumpers you, too much. <laughs> yeah, when you hit the bumper, you really hit the bumper. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I play a lot of Destiny, okay? And when you play Destiny, you know, left bumper does your grenade, right bumper does your melee. Push both bumpers to do your super. You He's use it a buttons. lot. Well, that's the whole thing. I think the controller's programmable, right? So if those buttons break, put them on the paddles on the back or something. I, no, I mean, I disassembled the controller, put new bumpers on it three times. Before I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done with this. <laughs> The, well, the standard maybe. controller holds up better in for longer times <laughs> on the bumpers than the Elite. Uh, so maybe aside from Mike, <laughs> they, <laughs> they have made the Elite controller too, which uh, some of the details they're talking about. Adjustable tension thumbsticks for higher precision control. Uh, internal rechargeable battery that they say lasts for 40 hours. Three different controller presets that you can program and adjust to whenever you feel like it. Um, you can adjust the triggers, Mike, so they're shorter. Uh, it doesn't say about the bumpers, but the triggers themselves. So you don't have to mash the buttons. It's a little bit... It they had that on less. the last one, too. It was the okay. trigger locks where it didn't take as much of a push to get the full action. Okay. Um, rubberized grip all the way around, which I think is... My hands sweat when I play, so I like grippy controllers. Um, and they, it comes with a detar- detachable charging dock. Uh, so this release is October 28th. You can pre-order now. They are asking $180 for this controller. Oh, gods. It's cheaper than the last one. First Isn't one was it? $150, was not it? Oh, it was $150? I thought it was $200. It's been a while. Yeah, I was kind of expecting this one at $200, so I'm, a little, I'm kind of surprised it's a little bit cheaper than $200. But... If it's not going to be forward compatible to the new system, I'm probably not going to try it because it, yeah, it, like, I'm not going to pay $200 that. for a controller that I'm going to get a year of use out of before the new system. Right. Yeah, I mean, they, they said it was Bluetooth connectivity, which I'm assuming the next console will have some sort of Bluetooth connectivity, so it could work, but the trailer only says Xbox One and PC. Yeah. I, I would wait then until the new system comes out and see if it's actually so, compatible. Unless they-, they do Elite Controller Series 3 whenever the Scarlet comes out, which could be too. Yeah. Are they fully customizable as far as uh, colors and themes? I don't think. Well, sc- yeah, I don't Scuff think it's like a design them. your own. So if like if you want that, you can get the same controller made by the company directly who makes them for Xbox, and you can create your own controller on Scuff's website. Like I know they come with interchangeable parts, Andy. Like the thumbsticks and stuff can be swapped out, and and some of the buttons and stuff, but. Uh, as far as I know, buying it from Microsoft and what you pre-order is just the black controller. Okay. I went to order a controller directly from Scuff, and I didn't because all they had was bright purple and bright green at the time I was Ooh. looking at it as far as like colors that were widely available. Ralph. So I, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> checked back since for basically the reason I said before, if we're only getting another year and a half out of it. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, anything else from from Microsoft that caught your guys' attention? Well, uh, I think is it uh, Minecraft Microsoft? Yes. Uh, they have a new game coming out called uh, Minecraft Dungeons. Oh, I did. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if you guys saw the trailer for it or not. I didn't watch because did. I've never played Minecraft really. Okay. It it uh, reminded me of Diablo three, except Minecraft. <laughs> but you say and Diablo for three, you. and now I'm listening. But you say yeah. Minecraft, <laughs> and I'm kind of like, huh? <laughs> so it, it's like a big blocky Diablo three. It what it looked like to me. It had the co-op and everything like that. Yeah, it actually like I was like, huh? If, it's sort of a niche thing. Like I don't. I think a lot of Minecraft players are going to be like, but I can't build shit. <laughs> you know, and, and then I got a lot of like Diablo players would be like, but it's all blocky, you know. So I think it's <laughs> I think it's a very niche thing. Yeah. But and I, I think it sort of got like so so like. Um, are you are you in that niche? It looked interesting. If, if maybe it's like, oh, ten bucks, maybe I'd try it. Or if it's on Game Pass and I have Game Pass, I'll try it. You know. But, right. Yeah. 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 Games like that widely or not widely heavily depend on the price. Like I would, yeah. for five to ten dollars, I would try that. Hell yeah! Like Minecraft yeah. characters playing Diablo style combat, I'm in. Sure. Yeah. But not for yeah. a full priced game. Right, right. So, but uh, check out, check out the if you get a chance, check out the trailer and see if you get the same impression that I did. I I will do that now. Now you it's, have sold me on watching the trailer. <laughs> it's 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 a very short trailer. I mean, it's still got like the goofy Minecrafty type parts to it, you know, with the blocky enemies and all that kind of jazz. But you're still running around like it's Diablo. Andy, you got Mike's foot in the door. Yeah, we'll see if you can bring it home. <laughs> um, and I don't know is uh, the Outer Worlds is that a Microsoft thing as well, or is that? So from what I understand, I think I was talking to a friend about this one today too. It's uh, the game is made by Obsidian, right? The original Obsidian. makers of Fallout. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, then, then Fallout and, got sold to Bethesda, right? And Obsidian was bought by Microsoft last year at E3. That was what they mentioned. They they bought so, the company. Okay, so it is. But I think the game was in development before they were bought by Microsoft, meaning that it could already be sold to other platforms. So it could still come to PS4. It is. I, I yeah. I just looked that okay. up. Okay. But then yes. I but think it that's is what sort of. I think any future game from Obsidian will be probably Microsoft exclusive. Okay. But um, I I saw the trailer for this, and it, it the trailer for this launched way before E3 and whatnot. But yeah. um, this game looks really good. I mean. I don't know if you guys are into like a sci-fi RPG or if you like Fallout or whatnot, but I think this looks like a really cool game. I know I watched the trailer. Can you refresh my memory? Because I don't feel like I remember it. Uh, whew, man, it, it's been a while since I actually watched it. But, uh, you know, you're running around and there's it, it's kind of got a uh, Vegasy or or like a retro type look to a lot of the buildings and whatnot and the different planets you can visit. But you have a spaceship and you you, you kind of have to choose between like the resistance or, or the, the order sort of a thing. Okay. Um, and the guy ends up the guy, the, the player, whoever is playing the demo or the trailer you're watching ends up shooting the one that he 
doesn't choose between the two like okay heads and stuff and the other one's like holy shit i can't believe you just did that <laughs> i don't know if that ringing any bells not really that but... was a really poor <laughs> uh andy's honest trailers yeah that, yeah if you understood that trailer from me talking about it um please go watch the trailer <laughs> I, yeah i'll have to revisit it because i it, it's not immediately coming I, to mind but i know a little bit of the game that but i was surprised at what looks to me like uh a triple a game is actually going to be released immediately to game pass yeah oh yeah i i, well, I, I was surprised by that considering i think you know, that's probably I think that's why Microsoft bought a lot of these studios. Like these developers, I think they're again, they're trying trying to push for this games as a service thing. So if they put all these developers under their umbrella and they start you know, advertising it that way that if you want to play the game, sign up for Game Pass, you get a day one, you're going to get a lot more subscriptions to that service and I think again, they're trying to I think push people that direction. I think they hit a big one with Forza Horizon when that went like day one. Oh yeah, that, that yeah, was yeah. a big game. Like even I play Forza Horizon games. I love them. So for me, that was like, oh, I can sign up for a dollar for this month and get Forza Horizon instead of sixty dollars for a dollar. Right. You know? And yeah, it, it, it's a way to bait you in, and it's going to work. Yeah. So so Andy, I guess if you if you go with that deal for the Game Pass Ultimate and stuff like that, you could you could play that whenever it comes out. Yeah, I know. I'm actually like really thinking about it. Um, <laughs> also, I I, re- I did have like a free thing with Game Pass, and I got to play another game called uh, Graveyard Keeper. If you guys haven't tried it, it's didn't, awesome. yeah, you told I us about like you talked about that Keeper. the last time. Yeah, and you creeped us Graveyard out with it Keeper. then. Yeah, Talking Skull and Donkey. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, as far as Microsoft goes, wasn't it at their conference that uh, a certain Mr. Reeves took the stage. And I'm surprised we waited till now to talk about that. Uh, that, that was the part that I think surprised me the most. I was waiting the conference. to bring it up. Um, but So is is Cyberpunk 2077, is that a Microsoft thing? No, that's CG, no. CD Projekt Red. That's what, uh, that's that's what I thought. Witcher 3 people. Uh, yeah, that's cinematic. I, like, they put out like a 45-minute gameplay video, I think. That's a while. I did ago. look this up. When when the hell did it? it was about a year ago. Yeah. It was August of last year. They put a forty five minute gameplay awesome trailer then. up. Yeah, and I was really excited just from watching that. Like, this is what the game's gonna be. This is fucking fantastic. Yeah. So we got a cinematic trailer this time. No gameplay, but the cinematic trailer ended with Keanu fucking Reeves in the game. Yeah. And I about shit my pants because I was like, what? No fucking way! And then he came out on stage. Yeah. And it was like the coolest chill fucking dude everywhere. Whoa. You're breathtaking. Oh my god, yes. That, that. You're all breathtaking. <laughs> it's so memeable now. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Yeah. I, he got like the biggest round of applause. Even like what? I'm just, I, I watched the press cameras with a couple of friends wherever at my house. I think we were all clapping at that point when he came out on stage <laughs> at my house. Like we're not even there. I mean, that was the biggest moment of the conference. Like it, yeah. Like it, it, you have this giant game that everybody's already hyped for, that nobody had any inkling of an idea that Keanu Reeves was going to appear in. I know. How did they keep that a secret? Right. And he's been in. He's been in, in at least two movies, or well, two movie friend. Well, one movie franchise and one movie that <laughs> are very similar to that genre of game. Yeah. 
jo- Johnny Mnemonic basically is Cyberpunk 2077. Mm, good pull. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. And The Matrix, obviously, you right. have a lot of that in there, too. So, yeah. it's, man, like, to get that actor to do that it, game. It seems like he's going to be, like, fuck. one of the main, if not the main NPC in the game. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, that, he's not there for a bit part. Like, he's, right. this is definitely not, like, a cameo appearance for him. He's going to be how long he's going to be like worked on. Yeah. Like, you got to wonder when the hell they recruited him and how long this has been a secret. Like, that's the part that kills me. If they did this before John Wick exploded. Talk about oh, like, yeah. pay dirt. Like we invested in the right thing <laughs> because that's just going to make it even more popular because of how popular that is. Yes. So, yeah, like that was incredible. I seen that released on like I think it was you were telling me to watch the video for it at the same time as I was reading your Twitter feed like gushing about it, trying not oh, to spoil yeah. it. For I kind of I, I did ruin that for you apparently. And I, and I was just like as soon as I saw it on your Twitter feed, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know I had no no inklings about this game. I, I didn't really feel like I wanted to play it. I didn't really think anything of it at all. But watching him in that press conference and then watching the little cinematic trailer, I might play this game. <laughs> I mean, f- I felt like I was sold after that 45-minute gameplay video they did. Because it, like, it, feel- it feels like Blade Runner yeah. RPG. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It feels like like Go Live Blade Runner. Yeah. And- Just that, that futuristic setting with robots and cyborgs and enhancements and stuff. Like, I, I got a real bad Blade Runner feel from it. Absolutely. And it, I... There's no games like that out, um, so I feel like it's 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 hitting a genre in a in a space that I don't feel like there's a lot there. Yeah, there, there's, there's really games not... like that out. They just don't catch on. And maybe that's it. Not maybe on I, the I'm, scale. They're just below my radar. Like, yeah, not on the scale that they're going for with this. Like, I mean, Rage it has a very Mad Max feel, and if they right. put it I in got a the, city, yeah, yeah. it would have a very Blade Runner feel. Same like Borderlands, okay. if they were to throw that into a city. Yep. Setting. I was going to say Borderlands. It could feel that way, but because it has that desert, more desolate feel to the settings, it, it doesn't. I think hit like that. even something like Borderlands feel feels more Mad Maxy than Blade. That's I what feel, I mean. I feel like, like even if it was in a city, of though, the setting. I feel like it's Mad Max and Blade Runner are not as far off as people would think. And like, like, don't get me wrong. The theme, the tone, a, a lot of it. But I'm just talking about like, as far as like the setting would go, and like the type of things you're seeing, like they altered people, and you know, machine man type of crossover sort of things are there. But I don't know. I, feel I, like mean, I'm I mean, wrong I about immediately this think like, <laughs> like Blade Runner to me gives a, a flat out sci-fi feel, where I don't get like a sci-fi feel from Mad Max or Borderlands or something like that. Okay, what do you what would what, you call that then? Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't know what genre I would put it in, but I don't know if I go as far as apocalyptic sci-fi. Okay, maybe maybe it's more the apocalyptic part of it. Yeah, I think yeah, because Dune is very Mad Maxy, and I would call that sci-fi still. So, all right, fair, all right, fair enough. Either either way, it, it uh, long story it. short, yeah, we'll have to. You have to check out the video. It is forty five minutes long, no joke. So it's it's a lot to watch. Yeah, 
Is there a uh, too long didn't read? <laughs> uh, I don't, is I there don't know. is there a TLDR? <laughs> um, I if you watch the trailer that they released here, if I play it on kinda, five times, play play that and you'll get an idea. Play of it on five happen. times fast. Can can, can that? <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> watch about five <laughs> minutes or ten minutes of the actual gameplay, and you'll be good. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to get the a whole much 45 more minute... gameplay out of it. It's just that was overkill. Okay. Yeah, 45 minutes gives you a good sense of a couple missions and like interacting with NPCs and the dialogue options and that kind of thing, like the full breadth of what the game can be. Yeah. So if you just want to get a sense of gameplay, just skip around in the video and you should be able to find some. Um, anything else from Xbox? Uh, all right, so I got a couple. I was waiting to see if anybody hit them. So during their press conference, they announced uh, the Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. We did talk about that. I forgot about that. Um, it's something like all nine movies? Yeah. All nine movies are in one game. So it will probably be a rehash of like the last Lego Star Wars game, which was all six movies at the time when there was no other movies coming. Which is the one I have. Um, this is what Brian and I talked about. I was like, but I already have the one through six. I don't want to have to buy one through nine. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I'm sure they're going to... One, is probably going to look better. Two, they will probably redesign some things. Because I, I think they, they probably know that people own those other games. So they want to differentiate them somehow. I hope. Um, plus, I mean, I, I even hope. own Lego Force Awakens. Which is still really good. <laughs> But I'm curious to see what they do with all those games, with that movie too in that game. Uh, we never got a Lego Last Jedi, so I'm anxious to see what those levels are like. And they're oh, obviously Lego waiting until after Episode Nine comes out, so it's coming sometime in 2020. They didn't give a solid release date, but sometime after Episode Nine. Do you suppose they didn't do a, a Lego Last Jedi because of this game? Uh, maybe, or yeah. because of how differentiated people were about the movie no i think considering how long it takes for games to be developed i think they probably made the decision to make a a complete saga storyline for the game instead of doing a one-off last jedi and a one-off episode nine yeah unfortunately for the people working at the studio rise of skywalker has been spoiled to hell and back for them because they all have these details that they're working on ahead of time they probably signed mile-long ndas to be able to just work on it um, the other Lego thing that actually caught me by surprise, I thought was hilarious, but in the best way possible, is the the Lego DLC for Forza Horizon Four. I didn't see did this. Anyone, did you guys see that? No, I did I, not see looked, this. It looked ridiculous. So they're they're doing a Lego deal, much like the Hot Wheels DLC was for Forza Horizon Three. Yeah, they are doing Lego Speed Champions or something for Forza Horizon Four. So it's Lego cars in Forza Horizon Four. <laughs> And vice versa, where they have Lego racetracks where you can bring in regular cars <laughs> and drive around, and it looks fucking hilarious. If you wreck into the wall, does it burst into Legos? It had the Lego game sound effects. It sounded like when they were busting through trees oh, and fences and stuff. <laughs> Mike, I'll send it to you after this. But yeah, yeah, I thought that I was... did not see that it at actually, all. I, like... at, the, at the time we're recording this, it releases June 13th, which is tomorrow. So by the time this episode is up, that content will be available for people that want to play it. Oh, I may have to re-download Forza Horizon 4 then. So, yeah, that I thought just looked hysterical, and I was just laughing, like, this is ridiculous, but it's awesome the whole time. <laughs> ridiculous, awesome um, fun is something that needs to happen more in games these days. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the last one for me that for some reason I I can't get this game out of my head after this little trailer that they played. It was a game called Twelve Minutes. Did you guys see anything about no, this? No, I haven't heard of this at all. So, the trailer they showed it's like a top down perspective. So you are in like someone's apartment. And it opens with a husband and wife or man and girlfriend, something like that, having a conversation about um, he starts asking her very personal questions and then starts telling her like, OK, someone's going to come through the door and he's going to try to hurt you based on what you're telling me. So you need to tell me the truth. This is going to happen. So he seems to predict and know what is going to happen in the middle of the conversation. The door starts knocking. Somebody bursts in and it cuts away. And then you see a different scenario played out in the same room. And it starts flashing all these different outcomes of the same little apartment. Sometimes you're in a bathroom, sometimes you're in the bedroom, but you don't leave the apartment. And it's a story, apparently, about this guy stuck in a time loop and just relives the same 12 minutes over and over again. Okay, the first thing I'm going to say is when you're like, oh, there's going to be somebody that comes in the door, they're going to take you or whatever. All I could think of was Liam Neeson and Taken. Taken, yeah. Um, yeah, it is not Taken. No, 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 but it, like the way you said it, it just made me think of him talking to his daughter like, they're going was, to take you. This is a poor choice. Poor choice. Poor, why do I keep saying poi? Poor choice of words. Well, uh, that sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I probably didn't do it justice. You'll have to, I'll have to send you each the trailer. Um, it sounds but, very uh, Russian doll esque, which I still haven't watched. I have every intention to watch that damn show, and I haven't got there yet. They just uh, they just renewed it for a season two. All right, so I'm looking at the trailer on YouTube. I'm just going to go through the little synopsis here. Uh, what should a romantic evening with your wife turns into a nightmare when a police detective breaks into your home, accuses your wife of murder, and beats you to death? Only for you to find yourself immediately returned to the exact moment you opened the front door, stuck in a 12-minute time loop, doomed to relive the same terror again and again. Unless you can find a way to use the knowledge of what's coming to change the outcome and break the loop. So it's Happy minutes Death is an Day, interactive, but in an interactive video game. Interactive narrative that blends the dreamlike tension of The Shining with the claustrophobia of Rear Window and the fragmented structure of Memento. Hmm. Is this a AAA game? No. I think it's like more indie game. So this is going to be like a fifteen dollar game. Could be. Yeah. Pro- uh, they don't have a release date other than coming soon, so I don't know when it's coming. Sounds interesting. That sounds like type of thing you could pick up for sure. Yeah, time travel stuff interests me, and and I I just looking at the way the game is set, like I don't know what the gameplay is. You don't well, see any choices for dialogue options. I can't tell what they're controlling and what is sort of like just a cutscene type of thing. So I, I don't know, but I'm intrigued. There's a game that's a sequel uh, actually coming out like that. It's a PlayStation exclusive um, called Man of Medan or Medan, Medan. I don't know how to say the word, um, but it's like a horror thriller suspense kind of adventure story where you can't like if you would just were to watch like a video of the gameplay from the previous game, you would have no idea what was controlled by the player and not in a lot of cases. Right. And uh, I like that aspect of it, but it, it made like made it hard to decide whether or not I wanted to play the first one because I like I watched the gameplay trailer and I was like, so what do I actually do? 
Like, yeah. What am I actually controlling here? Right. Um, and Heavy Rain was like that. I don't know if you played that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that was an awesome game. So. Actually, uh, PlayStation had a sale recently, so I picked up a couple games pretty cheap. I finally got Uncharted 4, which I am dying to play. Um, but I picked up uh, Detroit Become Human. Okay. Which, they had the Deluxe Edition for like 12 bucks, which apparently comes with Heavy Rain, so I also have Heavy Rain now, so I'm at some point going to get to those also. Heavy Rain is, it doesn't take long, so you could dive into that and probably finish it in two sittings, one sitting. I was just saying, Mike's not the first person I've heard really uh, give good reviews to Heavy Rain, so. Okay. It's it's a different kind of gaming experience. Like, yeah, there's not really action sequences there, but it's... It's very much story-based, yeah. Yeah, it's story-based, but it is a fantastic story and a fantastic way to tell it through your controlling it. Because um, there's like... What did they say? I want to say there's 32 endings or something like that that can happen in Heavy Rain. Jeez. Depending on what you do, choices you make. Yeah. So... Those ga- those are the games, like Andy said, like, with uh, Shakiro, like, the, the games like that intimidate me, where there's, like, too many choice options, and I don't know if I'm picking the quote-unquote right ending, and... There, there is no right yeah, ending. Yeah, that's not the ending I wanted. Fuck! Right, exactly. Like, I, it's too much pressure for me. <laughs> well, and that's, this is but the second a, time not, I got this one. Yeah, Fuck. I was gonna say, but it's not a very long <laughs> game, so... It, it is replayable yeah, well, we'll in that sense. It could it could be one we talk about on a on a what's up with you episode in the future. I hope it is. I hope if you I, experience it because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's <laughs> right now. It's on the back burner. I have I have so much other shit to play that I just keep adding to my collection and not being able it, to get to as much stuff I, as I, I want to. But at some point, I know it's off topic. But did you see the big casting news related to Uncharted? Tom uh, Holland. Tom Holland being cast for the lead role. So that was like a year ago. Was it really? I thought it just became official. Like they, he he signed on to that after Homecoming. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought that was very new. Yeah, when I they didn't... were they they finally they switched directors and they started talking about a younger younger Nathan Drake and then they said Tom Holland was going to be it and that's that was yeah I think that was in the works for a while I think. Did they just start production or something? Yeah, like there, that? there was something, something that put it in the news because I had never heard it before. Yeah, yeah, I think he was attached for a while, but that even after he got attached, that movie was still stuck in development hell and wouldn't go anywhere. They couldn't get a script together. They couldn't figure out what to do. Directors kept leaving. I couldn't even tell you right now, even if it's shooting right now, who the director currently is because I can't remember. It's just, it's just the revolving door of directors. It's again, it's not the way I wanted it to go. I still would have rather seen like a an older. Yeah, or, you know Nathan Drake, but I mean, if they want this to be a franchise, they start young, they work up with Tom Holland. Maybe he'll grow into the role, and they could they could keep making movies like this. I mean, I'm I'm just hoping um, they signed on John Turtletop to direct it. That if I had my last, choice. I heard, and I don't know if he's still involved. It was Sean Levy, who has. Also I think it's Sean done... Levy, the guy that did uh, like uh, fuck. Real Steel, he's, I think, executive producer of Stranger Things with the Duffer Brothers. Oh, okay. Um, I know he's done the other stuff, and I can't for the life of me think of what else he's done. I immediately thought of Zachary Levy. Right. Yeah, different. <laughs> I was like, Shazam? Yeah, different, <laughs> Shazam different Levi. 
<laughs> Holy shit. I mean, I guess he could just go Shazam and it worked, but <laughs> magic movie. Yeah, I don't I never know if it's Levy or Levi or I know Zach is Levi, but Sean, I don't know if it's Levy or Levi or say what you say and if he cares yeah. enough, he'll contact us and correct you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so he is not listed as trying to IMDb it real quick. He is not listed as the Uncharted director anymore, so they must have somebody else. Please be John Turtletub. That's but he did. Uh, Sean Levy did the Night at the Museum game movies. It looks like okay. So they have a fun type of adventure game uh, feel to it. Uh, Date Night, Real Steel, The Internship. Uh, he directed at least six episodes of Stranger Things. I know he's listed as producer too. Okay. So a terrible I resume. I, I think I think he's more producer than director, and I think a lot of the stuff he produces is more in line with what I'd expect for that. Um, I'll have to try to Google who the director currently is at some point. But okay, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah, yeah, uh, back to sorry, yeah. it's my fault. My bad. No, you're good. Um, so yeah, the 12 minutes thing that was the, that was the last thing I had for Microsoft. So if you guys have nothing else, we'll move on to Bethesda. Okay. Sure. Um, and I was telling these guys before the show, I I watched Bethesda's thing, but I don't I don't play a lot of their games, so I really didn't make a lot of notes on what to talk about for Bethesda. So I'm kind of leaving it up to these guys for whatever they want to talk about. So. Whatever caught your guys' attention for Bethesda? I defer to Andy. He's the one that's on ESO all the time. So Yeah, I, I play Elder Scrolls Online a lot, and they are doing something this year called the Season of the Dragon, uh, which started with uh, Wrathstone DLC, which is a couple of dungeons, a couple of newer dungeons, and then uh, just the big uh, DLC is elsewhere, a whole new zone. It's the uh, Khajiiti homeland, which are the cat-like people. Uh, there's dragons attacking, and um, you, you can actually fight dragons again in Elder Scrolls. And how long the game's been active, this is the first time that you actually can fight a dragon in Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm I didn't really read a lot of what's happening. As far as what they announced at, at E3, but I think it's another uh, dungeon called the Scalebreaker uh, DLC, which I'm assuming are going to be a couple more dungeons and um, uh, new bosses, new uh, new sets to, to get for your characters and whatnot. Elsewhere also uh, introduced a new class to ESO, which... Um, Everyone was really psyched about the Necromancer class. So, I mean, Necromancers usually bring a lot of people to the yard for some reason. <laughs> like your milkshake. <laughs> yeah. It's better than yours. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, I know they announced some sort of DLC for Fallout 76. I didn't pay attention because that game blows. Um, <laughs> why? From what I understand, they are announced they are adding stuff to make it like typical Fallout game. NPCs, quest lines, They should options. have had that all along. They'd have had me if they had that all along. Yeah, which I think is a lot of people's complaints and they're trying to win back the fan base, so I think they're trying to they lost I think they're throwing money now. at a dead horse. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. Um 
yeah, so they're they're trying to bring that all back around, but uh um the other thing they announced was Doom, I think it's Doom Eternal. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really watch much of that, but it looks hellish. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um I, did you watch that one? I, I can gush about Doom Eternal for a long time. I love the last Doom game. Um Doom Eternal looks like more of the same, but they're adding in all kinds of new cool shit. Um, you're getting a sword, like a hell flame. I don't even know how to describe it. It's called the Crucible, and it is just a badass fucking sword you're going to be slicing shit up with, too. Um, they, there's a few new enemy types that you, you can see in the trailer. Um, there's one in particular, I think, that they're, like, they're just starting to name a couple of them that you see. Um, I want to say they put out today... A picture uh, naming one the Sidewinder has like it's like a demon torso but with like a I don't know a spear whip kind of tail like it's like a snake like spear tail sort of thing it's, it's fucking badass looking um, and that's pretty much just doom is like it's fucking badass looking and then it's just roaming okay. around blasting demons in the face blowing shit up <laughs> um, now do the new dooms have any multiplayer to them yes there is pvp and there's also what is um I'm trying to remember what they call it it's been a while but they, basically there's a level creation mechanic oh okay um i've spent hours playing user created levels you can go online and browse and there's hundreds of them and people create these, and they can create their own objectives within it, their own key cards, determine the enemy types, the difficulty levels, all that. And they, and it's amazing what they're able to do with this content. Um, because they just put it in the hands of the users and they said, sure, make levels, why not? Here's the tools, if you're capable of doing it, go for it. And it just extended the life of The Last Doom so much further than the base game could ever do. Now, this is the second Bethesda-held Doom game? Um, I think it's Yeah, third, they had right? Doom 3 for Xbox. Like, OG Xbox. They were with them for okay. that, too. And, uh, and then, the, like, the, the two, like, next-generation consoles? Yes. Or new-generation consoles? And the, the one thing I'll tell you, it may draw you guys in, I don't know, to... At least try out this one. In the last one, in PvP modes, there was a relic you could pick up that turned you into your choice of demon. Um, so you could run around as a caca demon or a, you know, the, any of them. Like, once you unlock that demon or picked up that type of thing, you could go around and fuck shit up for like a minute and a half or two minutes or whatever it was as that demon. That's cool. It was awesome. Like, that was just one of the coolest things ever that they could put into a PvP mode. The f the uh, the previous iteration of this game was just on Game Pass. Is it still? or I have no idea. It, the games that you buy that you currently own don't show up. And I bought that, like, day one launch. So Okay. I... It's worth a play. If... Oh, It's probably absolutely. cheap. If it's not on Game Pass, it's probably what, like... 
maybe 25 bucks or something. Given that they're trying to push the new one, uh, like usually when games go on a Game Pass, they stay there for a long time. So if yeah. you saw it there, it's probably still there. Um, and the only thing I would caution with it is a huge file um, for a game okay. that size. They, like it's something like 80 gigs. Okay. Um, which I only have one other game that takes up that much space, and that's like Destiny with all of its expansions. Pretty good campaign, or do you would you have had to have played any of the old old Dooms? The the campaign's amazing. Like if you okay. like fast paced shooters, this is not something where you hide and heal. You have to pick up health packs to heal. You have to run around and kill shit. You know, like it's it's fast paced. In your face action, um, and if you're playing, get the Gauss cannon and just fuck shit up. <laughs> Once you find that gun, that and the double barrel shotgun, it, it just that, that's all I would use. Do they still have the BFG? Yeah, it's there. Of course, it's there. You know, <laughs> it's just you know, I mean, they, they they limit the ammo for it because it's obviously it fucks shit up on a royal level right um, <laughs> but uh so andy you haven't played this game you haven't played doom i mean i played like the original fucking doom and i i yeah, got I'm thinking i got doom 3 for my computer but i had a bug on it. i couldn't get past the second fucking level and they never passed the damn <laughs> thing and i just quit playing it that that, that was buggy for xbox too it, it was that was really poorly like the game itself was fun but it just wasn't well, I remember loving the graphics and the gameplay was awesome, and I was like, "This is a great game. I'm glad I bought it." And then I never played it, it again because I got just so fucking pissed <laughs> off about it. So yeah, and that was back when like <laughs> downloading the updates wasn't as easy as just like opening a launcher and having it do it for you. You had to like go fucking find the shit from the website, download the right one, and then apply it yourself. And it's just like, <laughs> "Fuck me, no more." Yep. And if you bought a disc, you were just fucked. Yeah, they, they they didn't send th- yeah. shit through Xbox Live on the original Xbox to update games. You were just screwed. Oh no, you were just go yeah. trade it in and buy the newest updated version of the disc, or and you have to pay. You know, like right? No, yeah, that it was a disappointment. But the last one that came out, yeah, absolutely play it. Do not miss that. Game. Okay, okay. And that's I wanted you to play Andy. I have not no, yeah. and, but I I remember thinking when I the when I was playing uh, Graveyard Keeper it was like my next game on Game Pass is gonna be Doom, and then my free subscription lapsed and I was like <laughs> yeah I'm not gonna pay for that so <laughs> it it with the new thing that he was talking about once you do that because it, it yeah, only makes sense to thinking, do it yeah I mean I have like fourteen other games I need to play but yeah I might do that yeah nice. Um, I think there were a couple of disappointments with Bethesda's thing because they didn't even touch Starfield or uh, Elder Scrolls Six, other than to say we are still working on them. Yes, and that was it. Yep. Yeah, like if I was gonna watch Bethesda, I was already sold on Doom Eternal. Like I was sold on that the minute they said they're making it. Like, okay, just give me more, more Doom. I'm happy. Elder Scrolls Six. I want to know what they're thinking, what they're going, where we're gonna. Like, is this going to be on the Scarlet? Keep, is it going to be next gen? When are we getting it? Oh, uh, yeah. I keep hearing the zone they're going for is High Rock. Is that the High Elves? Uh, no, it's more like... 
Orsinium and uh, Orcs and stuff. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Interesting. That's the rumor. They they have never they have not, you know. Well, confirmed that or anything. But. I mean, it, it's Elder Scrolls. I'm gonna play it. Like they they hooked me with Oblivion. I played Morrowind a little bit, but I couldn't get really into it because of the loading times. But, oh, Oblivion was such a great game. But yeah, Oblivion hooked me. Skyrim was obviously just Skyrim is really good. I still think I prefer Oblivion. Oh, maybe I definitely like do. A, just a tweaky high a little bit better. I just like the inventory system to me was a little bit better, and the alchemy was a little bit better. But and the arena, for fuck's sake, the gladiator arena that was like so big to me. <laughs> like I love that. Like I don't know, maybe like I'm weird and i like that kind of thing but i love that um no comment (laughs) yeah brian has really doesn't do anything with bethesda at all so yeah like i i i know of fallout and doom and stuff like that i just i don't know i and they've interested me where i've I've wanted to play them but a lot of them feel like such a big time investment that i know i have other stuff to play time investments yes well doom doom is not a time investment but elder scrolls and fallout no yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, so. Elder Scrolls and Fallout, I think, interest me more than Doom. And I, I know I've held off on them because of just the time commitment. I know that's involved with them, that there's just way too much other shit to play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oblivion but, or Skyrim, you're talking 40 to 80 hours on the campaign. Yeah. Easy. That's and, without any of the side shit. Right, that's what I mean. Like, that's just doing your campaign, <laughs> leveling up, and then there's another few hundred hours of side quests and yep. guilds and all that kind of shit to explore, which I didn't do as much of in Skyrim, but in Oblivion, or I new did classes, like everything, and it, I had like yeah. 900 hours into the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm going to make an archer that can use this and this, and then the next time I'm going to use this guy that just used shield block, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could do all kinds of stuff. It's neat. Um, you might be interested in Starfield, though, because I know that you really liked, uh, uh, what were those games? The N7 games. What the hell were those? Mass Effect. Yeah. Mass Effect games, yeah. Yes, so yes. you might be into that. And I remember that tease from last year that they had. and Which wasn't much I, of a tease I, at all. Right. <laughs> it was but even just that, like, like the announcement. Way they described, then the way they described what their ambitions are for the game has intrigued me enough that I want to keep an eye on that and see where that goes. But I think Mike's right. At this point, I feel like if they're, if they're not giving you a, at least a trailer this year, it's got to be for next gen. Yep. Oh, yeah. Which I'm fine with, just, you know, they, 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 they baited us that little bit with that Elder Scrolls Six the last time, and now it's like, and then nothing. You're just like, just yeah. give us something, some little tidbit, just, to, you know, just a touch. Yeah, I'd like to like to hear more, so we'll we'll see. Maybe, I guess maybe next year we'll get it, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, anything else? I think that's it. I think that was it for Bethesda, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we will move on to Ubisoft. Um, did you guys catch anything from Ubisoft? Anything on Ubisoft you want to talk about? Was Ubisoft the Watch Dogs? Yes. I watched that trailer. Yeah, that yes. trailer. I, I think, again, you and I talked about this, and after my mistrust of their handling of the first Watch Dogs, I was skeptical. Um, I watched this trailer, 
and I was very impressed. This was a full-on gameplay trailer. It didn't look doctored or enhanced the way the last one did, um, which is a plus, you know. Uh, but the old lady kicking the shit out of things was fucking awesome. <laughs> um, I love how she just walked up behind that guy, like tapped him on the shoulder, blam. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that to me, like the how it, this could be like one of the first action or like live action type games like that where you get to play as an old lady that kicks ass. I can't recall yeah. that ever happening. Um. So this whole mechanic sounds ambitious as hell it to me. It really, really does. They have multiple interviews that I've watched and, and them talking about this game. They keep saying you can literally play as anyone in this game world. And I heard that the deaths are permanent. Yes. yes. So if you die, that, that just character's gone. gone. Yeah. 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 You cannot bring them back. You can't restore a save. Well, maybe you so, can restore a save. But I mean, like, on judging PC, you from can some always of the... restore a save. Yeah, <laughs> judging I mean from some of the the gameplay st- stuff that they showed, like of your of your team, it looks like you have twenty slots to recruit to recruit people. So if you fill up your twenty, you probably can't get anybody else. But if you use one of those people and they die, that opens up a spot on your team, and you can try to recruit somebody. So yeah, they're they're the whole thing is like everybody. It, it has to be like procedurally generated or something like that. Like there's no way I feel like they can script all this stuff for every single NPC that you're going to encounter in the game. So I'm thinking it more like No Man's Sky, where okay. No Man's Sky procedurally generates planets and resources and wildlife and whatever yep. else you land yep. on. This is basically trying to do the same thing for NPCs and people in the world. Yeah. Which, again, that's I've never heard of a game try to it's do that. It's ambitious. <laughs> I recently picked up No Man's Sky for PS4 and have been playing it a little bit. Um, and I really like it. I've heard it came around a lot since launch. Yeah, I, 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 I'm having a blast with it. I just haven't had a chance to play it a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, really, even after all the hype of surrounding the first Watch Dogs, the wa- first Watch Dogs was one of the first games I got for Xbox One, and I still really enjoyed myself. The hacking mechanic I thought was really well done, even. You know, even if it didn't look as well as some of the cutscenes and, and gameplay they've showed previously, I still felt like it was a really solid game. It's something that I hadn't really played before. The Like, just your choice of how you attack a situation, whether you use stealth and just hack everything and sneak your way in, or you could still go in guns blazing and try to kill everybody, just like most games. Um, the driving needed work. Driving felt weird. Um, so I don't know if they fixed any of that since the second... I never played the second one. Um... But the stuff they showed for this one definitely has me intrigued, and I definitely want to check it out this time. Yeah, I mean, the only other note I made about this game is that the gameplay we see of the girl in, like, near the, like, last third of the trailer, it it has a very John Wick feel to the combat. I feel like a lot of it was, like, designed a little bit that way. It could, and it could just, a lot of it, they seem like it's based on, like, the characters you play as. Like, she might have some sort of specialization in that area. She might be a better firearms person. Right, that's what I mean. It just seemed like that mid-melee combat, oh, pop to the face with a gun kind of thing that you would get with John Wick in the the first movie. It seemed like a lot of that was coming through there, which I thought was awesome. 
Yeah, if that's the inspiration they're pulling from, even more so sold. I just, I'm curious to see how intricate it is to recruit somebody. I mean, I don't know if you have to go on like a whole bunch of missions for them, or you have to do them a favor, or you just walk up to them and be like, you, you're mine. Like They made it seem like everybody sort of has like an origin story or needs help with something. So in order to, they like... I guess the, the, the organization you represent is DedSec, the hackers. So everybody either has a problem with DedSec or needs a favor from DedSec or, you know, has a reason to, or maybe it's like the, the, the authoritative state, you know, whoever's oppressing London at the time. Um, everybody sort of has a reason to hate them. So you just have to find that reason and either exploit it or help these people to bring them, like try to win them over to your cause. And if you do some sort of a mission... So I think the gameplay that they've showed was basically how you win over the one guy that they, they tag that's like, oh, this would be a good fit for our team. We need his specialization. And then they, the mission plays out as his sort of origin story where you have to rescue him and then recruit him to your team. And by the end of the gameplay and the, and the cutscene and stuff that he is he is part of the team. And that's the other thing that they, they've said too, like based on whatever character you choose at a certain time, the cutscenes change depending on who you play as i find it hard to believe that they're going to be procedurally generated then if that's the case because that would be really hard to do wouldn't it uh, yeah but i, I think, think that's the, still possible other... um I, I can draw like i know i talk about destiny a lot but Destiny's able to put your own customized character into their cutscenes. so you have your own customized character wearing your own custom armor wearing your, you know with your own customized face which is fine but the one the destiny character doesn't talk for a lot of the game and two when they do they have three or four maybe different voices uh i think the the in destiny 2 our character has said one line and before that the last time our destiny character talked was in the vanilla destiny one they yeah. just stopped having so i mean like talk. looking having your care having the cutscene fill in as a custom character is one thing i think giving that character whoever you were playing as custom dialogue for each like it, the amount of people that are in that world and if you're saying each person has somehow if they've somehow recorded well, dialogue for each of those people that then has to fit into a cutscene based on when you're playing them in the game i feel like as with any game you would run into people that have the same voice actor of course doing the same lines and the same thing for several of the npcs in the world yeah, I mean, there has to be some overlap. It can't be all unique. Right. But I'm still, the amount of variation I think that has to be in there, even if you say you, you have 20 people on your team and there's 20 different variations for a cutscene or dialogue options or something like that. It's a lot. Yeah, but I mean, like, that, I don't know, just the, the amount of variables in there to think that, like, you know, everybody sort of has it. Like, what if, what if you seem to gravitate towards the same type of character and you're recruiting this like different characters with the same type of specializations and stuff like that but each character like man woman black white like whatever i i don't know i feel like it like the, the dialogue options and stuff feel exponential to me well that's what i was gonna say is i feel like they may be promising more than they can actually deliver and that's why i feel like it's very ambitious and i'm curious to see if they pull this off if they pull this off this is fucking amazing right also, it, it, it seems very open-worldy to me. It, it doesn't seem like there's any 
real direction to how the story's supposed to go. It just, it really just seems like, hey, there's robot overlords, and you can recruit everybody. Go to it. Have fun. I think, yeah, I think that's a lot of it. To yeah, be and, honest. yeah. From so, what we saw, the, the open world looks huge. It does. It does. So, because it seemed like when you look into the distance, you can go to all those places you can see. It seemed that way. I yeah. don't know if they promised that yeah. or not, but it looked that way when you're seeing it. That's so, the thing. If the, if the world is big, it's like even if they touted it as like, oh, you know, Watch Dogs 2 is bigger than Watch Dogs 1, and now Watch Dogs Legion is bigger than Watch Dogs 2, but all these characters are sort of interactable or recruitable in this world. Like, I don't know how the game can handle all that. I feel like the map would have to be smaller so it can run all the different scenarios of all the people that you might be able to recruit. So are you guys familiar with uh, Can You Pet the Dog? I'm familiar. You mean like the the Twitter? The Twitter thing, yes. I am. Okay, so there's a a Twitter uh, user. uh, I think it's just called Can You Pet the Dog? And he plays all these games. And if there's a dog, he lets you know if there's... An option <laughs> to pet the dog in the game, and he'll also throw out weird things like you can nap with the dog, or like you like walk the dog, or something like that. Right, but right. the The basic of it is like he'll play a game and be like, "Well, there's a dog, and you cannot pet it," or <laughs> "There is a dog, and you can pet it." Like it, it's actually One pretty. It's, it's actually a pretty fun. I, I follow it. I think it's great. Every time they <laughs> update, it, I'm like, hey, you can pet the dog in this game. Or, oh, you can't pet the dog in this game. <laughs> I, I think there was one, one time they where they tried to very... pet the wolves and, like, Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot yeah. pet the wolves in Skyrim. You cannot <laughs> pet the... Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like you a dead not. character laying on the ground. Yeah, you cannot <laughs> pet the dog. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll usually give you, like, a little, you know, clip of him petting the dog or failing to do so. Um, yeah. But there was a very specific one where he had a couple of posts about this game in particular because they had a very good uh, option to pet the dog. And I think Watch Dogs won, he said. Okay. And, and he was he was a little bit taken aback that there was no there weren't even dogs to pet in this game. And the reason <laughs> they did that is because of their whole you can play as an, any NPC. They didn't want people to think that you could play as the dog <laughs> because you could play as every other entity in the game right you know so we're not so, going to encounter any animals I, I i think that's what they're saying yes damn it i want to play as that pigeon or maybe it's like anything that's inter- any character that's interactable you could call a dog a character i guess okay right uh it has a name so any 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 interactable like creature so if you could pet the dog people might want to be like well I'm interacting with it. Why isn't it an NPC that I could get a backstory <laughs> from and recruit with a piece of meat and have it go attack this guy's genitals and all this stuff? You know? <laughs> so because the internet is full of douchebags who would say shit like that, we have to not be able to pet the dog in this game. Right. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> it was just interesting to, to read his little snippet about, you know, how, you know, uh, these kinds of decisions go into these types of things. Because yeah, it yeah. seemed like the... Uh, <laughs> One of the guys that worked on the game was a little bit disappointed that you weren't able to pet the dog either. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he's like, but we couldn't really put it in there because these reasons. And then the guy who ran the Twitter page was like, yeah, wow, valid, cool. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. 
Um, so I, I mean, just from your guys' perspective, do you guys plan on playing or trying Watch Dogs Legion? I didn't play either the first two. I probably won't play this. I, was hey. say, I don't think you're reliant on playing the first two to play this. Oh, I know, but if that's what you're okay. Yeah, a, a lot of the case with this. Did they announce a release date? Uh, you know what? I forgot to check. I didn't write that down on my notes. I mean, anymore, I'm kind of a one game at a time kind of person, and I very often don't make it to that backlog of missed games. And it, it yeah. depends a lot on, like, if it was coming out at the same time as Cyberpunk, no, I'm not going to play this game. Uh, uh, March, yeah, the month before. Yeah, March I'm not going 6th, to play this game. 2020. I will watch videos of people playing it and find it cool, but it seems like a game that would deserve more than a month. And with Cyberpunk yeah. coming out in April. It, yeah, that is going to be tough. And here I was thinking April's a good release date because I'm thinking, like, nothing ever releases around that time. It'll be fine. Well, and that was one of my concerns with Cyberpunk was, is it going to get pushed back? You know, like, it, it, when they release a date this far out, I worry about It's already that. been pushed a couple times, I thought. and Right, and that's what I mean. That's why I'm concerned, is, like, how much can I rely on that date to be accurate this time? Yeah. You know? So, I hope so. I hope it's coming, and we don't get, like, oh, holiday 2020. You yeah, know. at this point, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, anything else from Ubisoft for you guys? Uh, I don't think so. Just Dance? Fuck no. <laughs> That's a game, or were you re- a request? No, just just the game. Just Dance. No. I, I know nothing <laughs> about such a game. Is Ubi the one that was supposed to do the Skull and Crossbones? Yes, which I thought we were going to hear about, and we didn't hear about it at all. Right. They don't even have a release date for that yet. They We got that last E3, and we still don't have anything. Mm-hmm. I was it. La- I almost feel like it was two years ago. I think you might actually be right. Because I think they showed more combat. They did show more combat year. last year, but we still haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything. Mm, yeah. I'm still kind of like, you know ixnaying sea of thieves so i'm looking for my pirate fix <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean if they can bring what they brought to assassin's creed 4 to a pirate themed game yeah sign me up yeah i heard that the which the is mechanics what mechanics for the pirate the pirating in black flag were awesome so it, the, the fact that you're so into pirates and you haven't played that game is a it, like it's i've told him numerous times best possible times. thing somebody into pirates could ever play I'm I don't not know. Kidding you. The original Sid Meier's Pirates is pretty fucking fantastic. Well, play Black Flag. Okay. Well, Emily does have it, so I could probably just pop it in and play it. So. Oh, there you go. Yes, do that. Yes. It's present yes, with the pirate fan, and he doesn't play it. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't want to jump into the middle of a Assassin's Creed series. You know what I mean? Because uh, like, I haven't played not, any of the other ones. It's not important. The story in it is stupid as shit. Like yeah, the movie. actual story of those games is I, worthless. I the, saw the, the actual. I saw the movie. I mean, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I get the gist. It's not worth it. the 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 fun part is reliving all these historical events, as like your past selves or whatever. That's the fun part. Yeah, being yeah. the assassins. The modern day stuff is fucking stupid. <laughs> the modern day, like the overarching story, fucking stupid. But playing as that character as the pirate through that whole game, fucking incredible. Yeah, falls off steeply after that but it's evidently it came back a lot recently 
but I've heard Syndicate was good, which I I got when it was free, but I haven't played it yet. Same. I, I own it because it was free at one point, but uh, I've heard really good things about um, Origins and Odyssey. Yeah, they changed up yes. so much about those games. Like it's more of an RPG now. Yep. So it's got my attention for that reason, but I just don't I have Od- the time Odyssey to sink is into it. A pretty good price right now. It's only like twenty something bucks. It's just time more than yeah. like money on that. Yeah, I've one. heard people, especially like I know Romano still plays that game, and they they put in a lot of time for that Odyssey. A lot of time. Even Origins. I think I remember Romano talking about how much time he put into Origins. Origins, Origins is a big fucking game, too. Big game, yeah. Lots of DLC, yeah. a lot to do. A lot of side quests. Yep. Um, anything else from Ubisoft? I can't think of anything. I got a couple, but I'll, I'll wait and see if you guys touch on them. Nope. You're good. Um, does anybody play the Ghost Recon stuff? The Ghost Recon kind of interests me. Is that the I one don't. that John Bernthal was... Yes. With his dog, yes. Bam Bam. I like the dog. Yes. I didn't really pay much attention to much anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Ghost Recon went uh, open world with Wildlands, which is the last game they did, which is in like year three or something, I think. Yeah, I, um, I hopped back into that when they did the Predator expansion. Yeah. It, but I, I didn't like it that much. I I enjoy playing it, but... It's one of those games where I would enjoy it so much more with a squad of three other friends and me, because it's built for that co-op experience to play it. But I can't, I can't get enough people to play with to to get my fill of it. So I've I've jumped in a couple times by myself with AI squad mates, and it's it's not the same. That's all I ever did. I never had people to play with when I was playing. Yeah. Well, you, if you decide to get into it again, you and I might have to hook up and and try to play through a little bit. But I know they were. I think that they're obviously, like Andy said, Bernthal is going to be in the next game. He's playing the villain, which I guess is like a fallen ghost. Like his, him and his army used to be ghosts, and now they're the bad guys. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, they added DLC to Ghost Recon Wildlands, where you play with his character at, before he turns. Oh, that's cool. Lead into the so next Bernthal, game. Yeah, Bernthal's DLC. in that game. You take a mission that I think hints at his eventual turn, but he is a ghost and part of your team. For that mission, and then you, the next game, he's going to be the bad guy. Um, I haven't played that because again, I haven't touched it in a while with uh, people to play with. So I would be interested to try that. Um, I it doesn't. They keep hyping like this, like Breakpoint, which is the next one. It's going to be a little bit different than Wild, Wildlands, but it still feels. It looks and feels like the same thing to me. There might be more emphasis on like surviving elements of like, uh, like maybe different ways to fix your wounds, and you might be. Is this a survival uh, game? They they were hyping survival elements, but I don't. It still feels like a Ghost Recon game to me. Well, what? Okay, define a Ghost Recon game. It's not. It's obviously not. It's not Battlefield. Right. It's no, it's, it's a, tactical team. Is it play. more like Rainbow it's, Six? Like it's third person shooter. Um. So like the division would be closer than Rainbow okay. Six. Yeah, okay. that's true. That's, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I just needed a little bit of. But instead of like the the urban environments of the division, you're out in the wilderness okay. for Ghost Recon. Okay. Um. So I don't know. It's it, again. It, it. I think. I feel like they probably had a hit with Wildlands, so they did something similar with Breakpoint. So I don't really know how they how they're differentiating between the two. Um. So I guess we'll see what happens. I I'm curious, but not enough to try it right now. Yeah, I mean, um, for me, like I've always said, like 
third person shooters are not always my jam, so I tend to well, the other, not the get other into them. Third person shooter I was going to talk about it was the division, which the the only thing they talked about for Division Two was where they're taking the next episodes of their DLC, which are all free. Um, the first episode I guess expands out of Washington D.C. and you are going to the National Zoo for a mission. Episode two takes you to the Pentagon, which releases in the fall and adds a new raid. Um, which I tried to watch a little bit of the of the first raid because I don't know if I'll ever play it, but it's like an eight people eight person mission. Yes, which sounds interesting, but I feel like just trying to get eight people to do it is going to be insane. Um. From everything I understand, honestly, on console, it's not, like, because of the precision necessary in the raid, and aiming with a controller being so much more difficult than aiming with a keyboard and mouse, it's a little bit uh, hectic and overly difficult for console players. Um. I've wa- I watched a video of the people completing the raid, and I looked at it and said, I never have to do that because that looks boring to me. <laughs> um, it, it it just it didn't look like my kind of thing. Well, it's their first attempt at a raid, so I think... Because they didn't really have... They had bigger missions in the first division, but not like a raid. Yeah, no, they didn't have like a full-on raid of any kind. Right, so I feel... I'm sort of giving them the benefit of the doubt and let them sort of like iron it out and figure it out as they go. Which, you know, maybe another raid or two after this, they might actually nail something down. Um, the third episode that they teased is sometime early 2020, and that seems like it's... It teases a return to New York, which is the setting of the first division. So, that kind of interests me. Like, I I do really like this game. Division 2, I think, is really solid. I think they improved on a lot of stuff from Division 1. Um, there is a lot of, I feel like, endgame content to do. When you when you play through the story and finish it, I think they learned from Division One, and there's enough to keep you occupied when you get to the end to keep you wanting to play, keep going. Um, some some between this and Destiny, these are the two games that I keep coming back to that suck up a lot of my time. And lately, I've just felt like I needed a break because they're just too much right now. So I eventually plan to come back to them, but for now, I'm like, okay, I like you, but I I, I need to I need to take a break. So. I'm looking forward to these other episodes. I don't know when I'll, how soon I'll get to them. Um, but, yeah. I, I I don't want to make it sound like I hate the game, but I, I do really like it. And So, anyone that's thinking about it, I do think it's worth trying. You, you touched on Destiny. Um, since I'll just play off of that and say that they, they made some huge announcements about the game just prior to E3. Yeah, which I almost feel like is its own show, because they, they talked about some big stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know if you can keep it short, but try to keep it short. J- j- just very briefly, it's going free-to-play. Um, there's going to be a new system called New Light, where any player that uh, has not purchased the game will be able to play um, basically the, the entire year one version of the game. Destiny 2 or Destiny free. 1? Destiny 2. Um, okay. All of year one will be free to play. Um, new DLC when they do it, Shadow Keep is coming. Um, and after Shadow Keep, there will be another season pass, but you will not have to buy the entire season pass to continue playing. Um, 
up until this point to play Destiny, you've had to have every expansion up to the current point to play the newest content. In other words, if you wanted to play the newest DLC, you had to have every other previous DLC. Not anymore. They're doing it a la carte. So if you want to buy Season 10, but you're not going to buy Season 9, that's perfectly fine. You'll, you won't have any problem with that now. Um, that's going to let you choose, you know, what content you want to focus on. I think that's a big deal. Um, they're doing cross-save, uh, which is massive. And that's all, like Brian said, that's a whole discussion for itself. Yeah. Um, cross-save is so huge because it's the first step towards cross-play, which hopefully coming soon. I want to be known. I was texting Andy about this too. And yeah. I was trying to hype him and bring him over. I said they're doing cross saves. Destiny's going to be free. You can download the game for Xbox for free. Bring over your character from PS4 and join us in Destiny. Precisely. Um, he turned me down. Well, um, they're also releasing the newest, the new year, Forsaken and. All of the content they released in this last year is also going to be thirty bucks. Uh, as of right now, it's thirty bucks to get all of that. Um, and then going forward, they have all these plans. Shadowkeep, the content looks amazing. Um, but in general, um, getting away from Activision seems like it was a huge step in the right direction for them. And, you know, this is the first time that Luke Smith has actually come out and had a long conversation with people about this game, like, ever. And for the first time, now that they're free of Activision, he's saying, this is an MMO, this is an RPG, and this is an action shooter. This is what this game is going to be. I'm allowed to say this now because this is not owned by Activision anymore. And... It's the first time in a long time I've heard what Bungie has to say about the future of Destiny and felt really good about it. I think they talked about, too, uh, like um, going deeper into RPG elements for the game going forward. Yeah. yeah. They, so I don't know what that means, but I'm curious to see how deep they want to go. Yeah, they, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get uh, the complete picture of that come... September, since they've only been free of Activision for X amount of time. I don't think they've had a chance to fully implement that yet. Right. But we might. Who knows? Um, I hope so. We're definitely getting a lot a lot more of that kind of stuff uh, with Shadowkeep. And that could be something to revisit whenever that comes out in the fall. See if we can convince Andy to finally jump on board. It... <laughs> I was honestly all but done with Destiny for a while. Like I had put it down for a long time, and I considered not like I considered just being done. I watched that, and I was instantly back on that same day. Like holy shit, I have to be playing this again. Like this actually looks great now. So at the very least, take out ten minutes of your time, Andy, and watch the Vi doc about it. They made a whole big documentary about what they're doing to make it better. I don't know. They they really kind of lost me. Just give it a chance. With, with what they're doing now that they're free of Activision, give it a chance. 
I don't know. I feel like at. I feel like it's burned me before. <laughs> I I can completely understand that. I'm just saying, give the Vidoc a chance. You don't necessarily have to give the game a chance. It's a ten minute you know video to watch. It would be great if you played. <laughs> <laughs> it's his last little pitch. Yeah. Please play with me. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, like I. I, I when is when is the the cross save happening? September. Okay. A lot of the big changes are happening when Shadowkeep comes out, which is yeah. September. No more console exclusives. No more anything. Cross save. Choose the account you want for it. All that fun stuff. Um. Seems like they they're just free of a lot of the chains that Activision had on them. Um, Which is what we were hoping for. So I'm still, I, I still question where they're going to get money from. I feel like they're going to start Google. That was, they, they partnered with Google for the stadia for the launch of that. And that was a right, big but part to, of their to funding. sustain this game for as long as they want to make this happen. They have to be charging the players at some point. So well, I don't they know are. If that means like, I mean, it, right. But I'm thinking, like act like under Activision, you would pay forty dollars or something, maybe fifty. I can't remember what it was for like the annual pass for the year, which includes three seasons worth of content. Well, last so they year say, it was forty dollars for Forsaken, and then another thirty for the annual pass. Okay, so seventy for three seasons worth of content. Four, I guess maybe four if you can count count Forsaken. Yeah. Um. So. What I'm curious to see is how much is individual seasons going to cost. If a season is two months, three months, and you start charging them a thirty bucks a pop, I don't think it's going to be that. I think they said Shadow Keep being the big DLC is thirty five. We have that price point already, and if you buy Shadow Keep, you can already pre order it. So Shadow right. Keep plus the full annual pass, I think, is seventy. So that's still yeah, another but, year for the same price then. Yeah, but that's the same thing. Like it's all the deluxe content too. So the like the exclusives that you get for the digital deluxe edition, whatever. Okay. So yeah, like pr- pricing still scares me and how much they might be trying to charge for content going forward because Activision might not have had the best model, but they were still generating money for Bungie. If Bungie is on their own now and have to now self-publish, also, I don't know. Where I don't know the the income stream for them, I feel like is going to make microtransact and have, make more. I don't know what I'm what word I'm looking for, but going to try to push the player for more money somewhere down the line. The, as long I as mean, they're not pay to win, I'm okay with yeah, that. They, if it's just like paying, which for it won't co- be, I think it'll be like just content for, drops. Yeah, paying for cosmetic type stuff or or new ships or, or like sparrows or something like that that's that's fine turned that's cool. it into. yeah and, and, and that's fine you know as long as it's not like putting a player who just started the game having the same gear score that you do that i would have issues no, with. they said the new light thing that'll be the free-to-play startup to catch up your friends it'll start you whenever you get it they, they, they didn't give a definitive answer on it because they said they, they weren't sure. But as of right now, they think they're going to have it start you at the level that you can attain now. Like, as of right now, you can get to 750. And they said that that's where they're thinking of starting it. So if you get Shadowkeep, or if you don't get Shadowkeep, rather, and you're, say, three months behind, whatever level they make Shadowkeep take you up to, 
you'll still be that 750 behind. You know, you'll still be a good bit behind. Okay. Um, it's basically, they're designing it so that new people can hop in and catch up right to play with what their friends are playing. Which I understand, because it feels overwhelming now with 10 batches of content or whatever's out there to feel like you have to get all that stuff bundled together. And Which which bundle do I need to get to play what content with what people? And, and, and yeah. it'd take you 40 hours of playing to catch up to where I'm at so you could play with me if you were starting right. fresh. Yeah. And nobody wants that. So, and like I said, this season they turned the Eververse into, instead of just earning cosmetics like you would before, now it's pretty much just pay for them. Okay. The silver transactions or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like now the engrams you get that you take to Eververse give you all old stuff. All the new stuff you have to pay directly for with silver. Yeah, which that kind of bugs me because I actually like earning some of that stuff. So, So when you go to the next season... Do the engrams then give you the stuff that you couldn't? We don't know yet. This is... First time. Okay. Yeah, this has only been like two weeks since they made this change. You know, I really enjoyed playing Destiny 2, and it was only when I tried doing... I can't remember what the hell they were, but it was like a hard mode... Nightfall? Raid? No, it wasn't a raid. It it was... um... Like a strike or something? No, it was going into the Osiris thing where it, it the garden thing where it, it would give you the different blocks of stuff. It was the Osiris one. And it, there was like Infinite a, Forest. The Infinite Forest, yeah. And you'd go in there and it was like a really hard mode for it. And I was like, oh, I'm like way above what the suggested light level for this is. And went in there and got absolutely fucking curb stomped. And I put it down and never played it again. Sounds like somebody ignored the modifiers. <laughs> I'm just fucking. <laughs> I, I think there's still instances of that, Andy, because I there's a couple times I've flipped out on certain things too, where I felt like I should be stopping people when it that doesn't happen. That's the one thing that really gets me about Destiny is is no matter how many times I can go to a different, oh, what do they call it, patrol, and there's a drag, that drag is always the same difficulty <laughs> every fucking time no matter what level i am he's always the same difficulty well it does he's have an never, interactive he's delta. never ever super easy and he's never ever super hard right and and sometimes i just want to log on and curb stomp the shit out of some stuff say hey look <laughs> i got like the best fucking light level i can get i want to just go over and just mop the floor with this whole fallen horde if you do, and you cannot do that you absolutely can did they change it well it's all about your build and how you how you go about your build but yeah they i mean there's exotics in the game that make it so that i mean you throw nova bomb and then 40 seconds later you have a nova bomb again and you know like it, it's very much there if you want it if you want it like you sound like you want it it's there you just kind of gotta dick around with your build a little bit until you're capable of doing it okay it's kind of like you go into diablo you're not going to go into diablo and not like customize your build enough to be able to kick the shit out of everything you know right away 
you, you got to earn it. You got to work up to it and get the stuff to do it. Andy, I think this means if you come to Xbox, you have found yourself a Sherpa. <laughs> I have helped more than 150 people through their first raid on Xbox. So that's just Destiny 2. Just saying. I have stats on that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, all right, so I want to bring us back around because I feel like we're getting very long as it is. Um, mm-hmm. We got two other people to chat to talk about here. Oh, one thing I want to add real quick uh, at Ubisoft's thing when they were talking about Division, they this and I knew this was in the works, but they were making a Division movie, which has already had Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain attached to it. Um, this time they confirmed a director, who is David Leitch, who also directed Deadpool Two, Atomic Blonde is doing the upcoming Hobbs and Shaw and co-directed the first John Wick. So he is directing this movie and they confirmed it is coming to Netflix. I am more interested in this movie than I am in the game. Um, they didn't give a release date or anything like that other than they are working on it and, and it's coming and, and that's where it's going to end up is Netflix. But so I'm, I'm excited to see how this plays out. I, I do want to see that. Oh yeah. That sounds uh, awesome. Um, all right, two more to go. Square Enix. What would we like? Uh, there's really one thing at Square Enix that I want to talk about, and you guys know exactly what that is. <laughs> go for it. Um, so they they teased us. I think two years ago, we got a teaser trailer for uh, Square Enix making an Avengers game. Uh, the teaser trailer, all that showed was just various weapons and and like an Iron Man glove and stuff. So you knew it was Avengers related. You knew they were working on it. No idea what the game was. So um, we finally got a trailer for this game. Um, to me, it's a little bit difficult to tell what's a what's a scripted cutscene cinematic thing and what is gameplay. I think there are glimpses of gameplay in this uh, trailer. Yeah, it, was it pops over to... the shoulder a couple yeah. of times, and it looks like yeah, gameplay it, for it sure. Difficult to tell. Yeah, there's no like visible HUD, so you can't tell when it's in and out of gameplay and stuff like that. Um, yeah. they did talk about some of the ga- some of the uh, details of the game. It will be a four player. It it can be a four player online co op game, or you can play it singly by yourself um they at least debuted the five first of like the first five avengers which although if you watch the trailer it seems like cap dies so maybe there's only four i don't know um they've talked about adding other characters later on when they were at the briefing as soon as they showed the five avengers everyone started shouting where the hell's hawkeye yeah and they said that Hawkeye is coming. Well, they didn't explicitly say Hawkeye is coming. They said we hear you, and you know there, you know there will be news later or something like that. So, basically, Hawkeye is going to be DLC. That's coming. Um, they stressed there will be no loot boxes or pay to win scenarios, which seems to be a staple that everybody just wants to say now. Um, they mentioned that they are partnering with Sony to have some exclusive content for the PS4 version of the game, which. I have a conspiracy theory about that we can talk about. Um, and the, I mean, the, the main takeaway is this is an original story for the for the these characters. This is not connected to the MCU, which is why these characters look nothing like the MCU characters. Nothing at all. <laughs> so it's it's well, maybe the Hulk I, when he's green, but yeah, I don't like I don't know where this falls. I don't know if they couldn't somehow use the MCU likenesses. So they decided to craft their own story and go a different direction, or they wanted to do that from the start. And that's why they don't look like we are expecting them to. There's been rumors around for a while that they were going to do the MGU and have the Marvel gaming universe. That's its own thing separate 
you know, I've entity heard that as well, yeah. from the cinematic universe, and it, that Spider-Man for PS4 was the kickoff to that. And that was going to be another question, is that do we think the Spider-Man PS4 game will be connected to this game in some way? I really hope so, because if it is, that's I'll awesome. Bet you, I'll bet you Spider-Man will be a playable character for sure. What that that's the thing is we're thinking PS4 that's my conspiracy theory Spider Man <laughs> right is that PS4 co- exclusive content and Sony owns Spider Man well the rights Marvel Spider Man is yeah. only for PS4 so that's that's gonna be you want to play Spider Man you got to come to PS4 yeah and I'm just crossing my fingers that if that happens that crossplay is a thing by then and I can get the PS4 version to play a Spider Man and play with my friends on Xbox thanks to crossplay but I think that might be a pipe dream. Um, but See me, I I'm... feel like Spider-Man is a big thing to put as a console exclusive. Like that is a very popular character, and I don't, I, I don't know. It makes sense from a business standpoint to, for considering what Sony owns. Yeah, given to be able that to do Sony that. Owns it. But I, I don't know who has the final say there. If this is a Marvel game, like a like a Marvel is licensing the property to other studios to to use them and stuff like that. I don't know if Marvel has the final say where Spider-Man ends up, or if Sony completely owns that video game right to that character and they they dictate to where he shows up i mean personally i'm good on spider-man like if he's there on ps4 and it's the only place that my friends are gonna play then i would go to ps4 but if he's if my friends are on xbox that's where i'll be playing because i've played the spider-man for you know a whole 30 40 hour campaign on that and it was so fucking cool that i need more spider-man See, I'm I'm a variety kind of guy. I've had my fill of Spider-Man for a while. Give me some Thor flying around. Give me some, you know, other characters to have that much fun with. And I'll be cool. But I know you're, you know, you're more into Spider-Man than I am. So I guess I fucking bought the PS4 for Spider-Man. You so, bought the P- yes. you bought the Spider-Man PS4. Yes, for Spider-Man. all of that. All of that. <laughs> um yeah, I I even just the four or five characters they showed, I think looked really awesome. Just seeing like I wanted Anthem because it made me feel like flying an Iron Man suit. And in this, from what the little gameplay you see is you fly as Iron Man. So I am sold. I do not need Anthem. I'm glad I didn't purchase Anthem because it seems to be a shithole. It really Um, does. (laughs) But yeah, this game could uh, definitely satisfy my Iron Man flying knit itch that I, I need to, need to have did you, did you see the release from playstation no oh my goodness so you need a iron man flying itch to scratch they have the psvr iron man the virtual reality where you are iron man um boy i have never been more tempted to buy uh, a, a VR headset than I was when they were like, look, you move your hands and you fly like Iron Man and you fly because of where you move. I'm like, oh my God. And that kind of looks cool, but I don't know. I like the third person aspect of it, of seeing Iron Man fly. That is, that's specifically what I want. I don't okay. know if I have to be Iron Man, like in the suit. I mean, I'd want to try it for sure, but yeah, that's kinda... just from a video game standpoint, I think what this trailer showed me is what I want. Yeah, it, it, it looks incredible and i think there's gonna have to be some part of this story where cap is back quickly or some form because you can't have an avengers game where they're like oh but you never play as captain america well yeah they literally talked about him at the show as being a playable character and then you watch the trailer and it seems like he's dead for so i i don't know that 
yeah, he definitely comes back in some form or fashion. So yeah. we don't really get much in the way of who their enemy is. In the trailer the on the bridge, they are fighting end. Taskmaster. Yeah, there's a Taskmaster, but at the very end, you see a giant figure burst through something. I tried Which to looks freeze purple, frame it. And the only guess is Galactus. Yeah, I tried to freeze frame it, and you can't get a good enough look at what the hell it actually is to be sure. But given the size, Galactus is probably the best bet. You also see Abomination in there uh, as an enemy. That's right. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, given the size, I would say Galactus is a good bet there. But there's other possibilities. It's not like Fin Fang Foom isn't huge. It's not like... Uh, what the hell was the name of the one I was forgetting? Fuck it, it doesn't matter. Gal- um, <laughs> it, I, my guess would be Galactus is the big bad here. But... So we'll see. Uh, did you guys actually just watch the trailer, like the main trailer? You didn't. I think there was like a couple other quick little videos that they sort of showed during the event. Did you watch any of the other ones? No, I watched one other one, but it, it didn't really tell me a whole lot. So the trailer that, the, like the main trailer, everybody sees. There's the the long haired Tony Stark talking to Bruce Banner about like you know are the Avengers a threat? There's a another snippet of a video that shows that that event takes place five years after the beginning of what the trailer is, that big event where people die and Cap goes down and stuff like that. Um, and their conversation, they refer to uh, Terrigen crystals. So, in humans. So, and you see the crystal in the the cutscene. Yeah. Like, it seems like the crystal explodes and, like, in my mind, Terrigen is released over the city of San Francisco. Which could be some sort of inhuman threat or inhuman rebirth or something inhuman could be tied to this story. That could be how we get Black Bolt as a playable character. It could be. Oh, yeah. Man. If he's in there. That would be awesome. Medusa. Um, cool and there's too. another Ooh. there's another snippet of a trailer too that shows their version of Hank Pym. I want to whip people with my hair. <laughs> I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back. Um so yeah, we get we get a taste of of Hank Pym also. So we'll see. I'm curious to see what other like DLC characters they add. Obviously, Hawkeye. I think there's a lot of people from the roster. I don't. I'm curious if we'll get any Fantastic Four or X Men characters, or if it's just going to be. I think they're going to keep this one at least to the Avengers, because when they if they release a game similar to this with the X Men itself, that's enough of a selling point. They don't need to have the X Men as part of the Avengers game, or vice versa. Well, plus they're, you're getting a lot of X Men characters in Ultimate Alliance. <sighs> yeah. I'm sorry. Not, not to sell you more on that. Because well, no, I don't I need you and I sold are... on Ultimate Alliance 3. I need sold on buying a fucking Nintendo Switch to play it. <laughs> um, but no, in, in Ultimate Alliance, they do it because that they go for that crazy amalgamation of characters. Right. Whereas here, I don't feel like it would fit the story to have the X-Men join them. I'm not saying like the entire X-Men, but I could see like Wolverine or somebody being part of the team. Maybe turning up. Like Wolverine and Beast were really the ones that had the biggest presence with the Avengers through the years. Yeah. So I could see them, but I'd rather see like more just straight up Avengers like Vision or Scarlet Witch or Quicksilver like get their yeah. time as opposed to throwing in big name X-Men like, oh look, Cyclops and Storm joined the roster because they're more popular than Vision and Scarlet Witch, although now they're probably not. Right. Um, what do you guys think of the the way the Avengers look? 
because I feel like the internet's giving them a lot of crap for being like the they the are getting a lot generic of, version. They're getting of a Avengers. lot of flack for her right now. I mean, I think if the MCU hadn't lasted <laughs> as long as it did, and this is the way we're used to seeing these characters. It's hard to forget those and look at these with like a new set of eyes, you know. Especially You're like, because what Endgame the just came fuck? out. That that's not Cap. That doesn't sound like Cap. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I feel like not... the Ultimate Alliance, the first two games in their cutscenes, did a better job representing the characters. Yeah, I think the, the yeah the first Ultimate Alliance has some of the best cutscenes in any Marvel game, hands down. Second one struggles for me. I, second one, I, I just mean I the look of the characters. Good. I'm not talking about the. I, I'm just talking, we're just talking about how they look, the appearance okay. of the characters. All I right, feel like enough. they nailed that in those games. And here, I feel like the only one I have a problem with is Cap. Cap just looks like he's wearing hockey pads. Yeah, he looks a little thick. What is that about? Yeah. That's what I mean. That's why I feel like it's just like padding. Like it's it look, makes him look like he's like Rob Leefield drew it, putting on some weight or something. I don't know. So I, I'm hoping if it's if it's similar to the Spider-Man game, is that they will have alternate costumes to wear, and maybe they will actually get like an MCU costume version of these people. Maybe not like their like Cap's face might not change, but at least if you give me the MCU Captain America costumes. I think that'll go a long way to sell me at this game. It would be awesome. I'm already thinking of something somebody could do that's ridiculous, but get somebody to, like, voice over, like, dub in MCU, like, dialogue into the entire game for the characters. <laughs> well, I want to be clear. I don't think the voice cast is bad. No, I think no, the voice no. cast is actually really good. Yeah, Nolan North is It's just North the, the look there. of the characters looks a little weird. Yeah. It, 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 I think it's, like you said, it's jarring, but I'm fine with that. Like, I don't... One, they have time to polish it. Like, when did they... What was the date? Yeah, they have another year. It's May 15th or something, 2020. Yeah, they have a lot of time to polish this up. So, I think we'll see a much different final product, perhaps, than what we've seen here, as far as the look of the characters goes. Yeah. Especially given the negative backlash about it. <laughs> um so yeah i'm i'm very excited about this one regardless i i am looking for a solid especially because you know for as much like andy was saying for as much as we've seen the mcu characters and and the marvel universe over the last 10 years i don't know if there's really spider-man aside that there have been a really good solid marvel video game so i am i am looking forward to playing at least some of the marvel characters and they Seem to stress that you can level up and and somehow there's experience gained and how you can make each character unique based on playstyle and what you decide to level up and stuff. So I'm curious to see how all that factors in and what that's like. Um, this is very much like a first look, so I'm I'm still anxious for more details to see what else they talk about this game. I like, like the build of Thor and incinerate everything with electricity. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like to see more gameplay to it before I make a decision yes. on whether I'd like to get it or not. Yeah, I agree. Um, was there anything else for Square Enix? Because that was really the only thing I talked about. I know they did some Final Fantasy news. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake finally got a date. 
What is the date? Do you remember? Uh, 2020 sometime. Okay. I don't remember the actual date. But as far as I know, it's not going to be turn-based. It's like an action game, kind of like Final Fantasy XV. And I did see that. They're yeah. releasing it in chapters as well. Oh, no. I missed that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's unfortunate. Right. So I most likely won't be playing it because I'm not really interested in a Final Fantasy action game. And you guys know my stance on that. So. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to do a remake, take Capcom's example and what they did with the resident evil 2 remake is so perfect that's what they should have followed the same model give people the game they love from the past in a shiny new way with new puzzles new mechanics but keep the gameplay the same right i know a lot of people like final fantasy 15 but i just i'm not interested in playing an action final fantasy game keep it in kingdom hearts and keep it in i think they have a Final Fantasy Type Zero or something that's that's action oriented, but just like give me back the uh, the turn based stuff. The reason the game was so successful at the time wasn't because they needed to change something about it. <laughs> just give us a shiny version of what we had before, right? Yeah. That's, uh, that's, anything that's else? all I have for Square. Oh, Mike, anything else? Did they? Or Andy? <laughs> I, I was going to say no. No, so no nothing just... else. Okay. Uh, last one, Nintendo. Did you guys catch anything from Nintendo that caught your eye? The only thing I caught from Nintendo that caught my eye was that uh, in Luigi, Luigi's Mansion 3? Yeah. There is now a character called Gooigi. Yeah, he like poops him out <laughs> or something. Yeah. He's like this <laughs> this green goo version of Luigi, and his name is Slimer. Luigi. Yeah, like G O O U I G I, I think. Luigi, which is like their excuse to have. Which I get the mechanic. It's it's a really stupid thing to do, but I get that they want to have like two player co op. So if you are playing the game on a Switch, you can hand the controller to somebody else, and there are puzzles and certain things to do with a second player. But that that name is so stupid, and he looks like a big snot. He does look so, like a big snot. So when they did Wario, and then they did Waluigi after that. <laughs> well, now that now that there's a Gooigi, doesn't that stand to pass that there's going to be a Wario. a Wagooigi, a Wagooigi? <laughs> I, I can't even know. I can't know. No Wagooigi for the win. <laughs> Well, wouldn't it be Waguario? One of the stupidest things that's like ever the, been said on this podcast. Version? The Waguario. <laughs> Waguario. It's just getting worse. We're, we're getting worse. <laughs> we need to copyright that before Nintendo steals our idea. <laughs> I don't think Nintendo wants that idea. Gooigi. Do you really think Waluigi and Gooigi exist? I'd hope Nintendo would draw the line at Gooigi and it would be done. They're <laughs> no, done. Wagooigi or nothing. <laughs> I I want the next next time there's a, a freaking Mario Kart, I want to play as Wagooigi in my little Slimer mobile. I hope you can just little, make a custom character. Little balls of snot it. flown behind me and everything. <laughs> Wagooigi for the win. It's called ectoplasm. <sighs> oh, sorry, whatever. <laughs> Yep, okay, so that's the thing. Uh, 
Um, I, oh, I did see for the for the Luigi's Mansion thing that they they are going to have some sort of multiplayer or co op component to it. They said you could have eight people play online. Oh, weird. So like four Luigi's and then four Gooigi's. <laughs> or maybe there's a Luigi, a Waluigi, a Gooigi, a Wagooigi, <laughs> and then four enemy counterparts. It's getting worse. It's like I I saw the video. There's four Gooigi's. I'm not making this up. <laughs> There's there's no Wagooigis. <laughs> Wagooigis a thing. <laughs> there's, there's no, no. Hashtag Wagooigi. <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. <laughs> you can tell it's late. You you can tell we've been doing this for three hours now. Because shit like this is funny. It it was it, this would be funny whenever. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, that's all I got for Luigi's Mansion. Anything else that's not Wagooigi? <laughs> I didn't I see that. anything from Nintendo, honestly. So I saw they added Banjo and Kazooie to their Super Smash Brothers roster. Oh, I missed that. Uh, and I also think that they are adding the hero from the Dragon Quest games from Square Enix to that as well. Oh, okay. But I—that's really all I heard from Nintendo. I mean, there's a shit ton of people on Smash Brothers, so just it's cool that they keep adding players. To right? It. Yeah, yeah. They're that's a deep roster. Um, couple things that I had seen. They showed a quick teaser for uh, the next Zelda game, I guess, that just confirmed they are making a sequel to Breath of the Wild, which mm-hmm. was a no brainer. Um, so I guess it's official now. Is it a um an actual sequel to Breath of the Wild or a new Zelda game? It's the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be like it's... Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, I guess it's it's the <laughs> teaser trailer thing showed uh, the same type of style as Breath of the Wild. I I never played that, so I don't know if it's show, repurposing like cutscenes and stuff from that game, or if it's a new like cinematic thing for the trailer. And then basically at the end of the trailer just says a sequel to Breath of the Wild is in development. Yeah. And that's it. Um, they are kind of, I guess, redoing, uh, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Yes. Which one's that? That was the Super Nintendo one, right? No, that's a no. Link to the Past. Yeah, Link to the oh, Past okay. is the Super Nintendo one. What the hell was Link's Awakening? Game Boy. Game Boy? Okay. Um, it does look really cool on the Switch. Please. I, th- I think. Okay, it's yeah, going to be on the Switch. It's awesome. not going to be on, like, the 3DS or something stupid. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's a Switch game. Okay. It, it looked like a significantly updated... Like they did a complete rebuild on it, so it's it looks awesome. But it's got that top-down feel of the Super Nintendo Legend of Zelda. Yes, to it. So I think that looks really cool too. Yeah, it definitely does have a Link to the Past kind of look. Like, and I think that's why I thought it was the Super Nintendo game, just because of the way it looked. I like that the past is still one of my favorite Legend of Zelda's. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the few Zelda I, games I, I actually I, played and beat. I, I think recently Game Informer uh, titled it in their top 300 games of all time. They gave it number one. Of wow. all so, time? Yeah. I mean, man, if you go into the village and hit the chickens, it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it's very subjective, but of course... Of yeah. all time. <laughs> that is such a fantastic game. Yeah, it is. 
the last one for me from Nintendo was a little bit more of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Um, they did show a new trailer, I think, which focused on like the Black Order, showed a couple other some gameplay stuff. They did have like a half-hour video from Nintendo Direct where they just had four people on a couch play the game for about a half hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the missions, they, they went to the X-Mansion and were fighting Sentinels and stuff like that and just switched them to different characters each time they got a chance to just to show you what some of them play like. And Isn't it like a, um over-the-shoulder look now, too, as opposed to straight top A little top bit, down? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit more of that. Which, I didn't know how I'd feel about that, just watching some of the first trailers, but watching the gameplay today, I was like, okay, I get it. I can I can be on board with this. I like this. Okay. Is so there the more I watch to... of it, the more I want to I want to buy a Switch for it. Is there ability to go back to the top down? I don't know. They didn't use it in what they played, so I don't know if it's there and they're not using it or if it's just not there. I feel it, like just... if you're playing that game, you sort of need a top down. I don't know, just to know what's going on at everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That that was my concern is that you get a better look at the battlefield from the top down than you do from behind the shoulder. I mean, it's not tight behind the shoulder. I think there's some space there. Yeah, that. I mean, that's from the shot I seen. That's what it looked like. But it's tough to see exactly how much of a field of vision you're going to have at all times. Right, right. Um, the roster looks pretty good. I think they have a lot of characters that are hot now, and then classic characters in there. Um, uh, I like that they, Rocket they and Groot like, is one character. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so the Guardians are in there. They have obviously like the the main Avengers are in there. Um, seen Kamala there's like three Khan's different Spider people. In. Yeah, Miss Miss Marvel's in there along with Captain Marvel. Um, Peter Parker, Spider Man, Miles Morales, Spider Man, Spider Gwen. Yes, Spider Venom Gwen being in there is awesome. Um, are there any villains? Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Sidelock. Um, playable villains? You mean? Yes. Not that they've announced yet. Yeah. D- did the other games like, have playable villains? As DLC. Okay. Yeah, Ultimate well, Alliance 1. Yeah, I know Ultimate did. Alliance 2 actually took place during Civil War, so some of the Thunderbolts were playable. So you got to use yeah, like, like Venom, Venom Green too. Goblin, Penance, uh, Songbird. Red Hulk. No. You could change Hulk's skin to red. He had like okay. a skin change. but um, Carnage was a DLC character. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, in How, the first Ultimate Alliance, I think you got Doctor Doom, Sabretooth, Magneto, Venom again, and Venom was the was the villain DLC. How bad do you get raked over the coals with the cost of the DLC characters? Uh, this was a long time ago before any current model. You're talking like Xbox 360 era. So, yeah, they haven't announced like if, if they're probably obviously going to add characters to ultimate alliance 3 but no that no one's discussing price yeah and this is this is not something that'll eventually not be a switch exclusive i i there's no indication of that as far as we know it's just a switch exclusive which right now precludes me from playing it i'm not paying 300 dollars to get a switch and then 160 dollars for the game and See, I, that's the thing. I know I will play other stuff on the Switch. This could be my gateway drug to get a Switch. I, I yeah, I still don't want to talk try logic Breath of to the me. Wild. Don't, don't you? Because I, I want to play Breath of the Wild real bad. I've heard way too many good things about that game to not play. And you it. know what? That Yoshi's Craftable World looks really cool. Actually. And the Mario game and Mario Karts and God damn it, Nintendo! Why are you so Smash good Brothers, at Mario Kart, 
Odyssey, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh it's, yeah. There's, Odyssey, there's a list Odyssey of stuff does, I would want to play. Odyssey does look pretty good. Plus, most of those I've heard very good things about from people that do own them and have played them. Plus, who doesn't want to play Goigi and Wild Goigi? Oh, good goddamn it! <laughs> Just when I thought it was out of your mind, and we have moved on. I, I, that's it's terrible, but I feel like that's where we have to end. I, I for next time, Andy, you need to have some homework where you take a picture of Waluigi and you mesh it somehow with Gooigi, and you make us a Waluigi mascot for Bright Guy and his super <laughs> friends. That will not be used. I'm telling you right now, it will not be used. Well, I I'm gonna, pa- will, I'm gonna paste it all over the Facebook page. So yeah, I, I will <laughs> use it as my profile picture, and I will just comment on everything that profile picture belongs as our mascot until you fix it. Alright. F- fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I can't stop you. I've, I've given up trying to argue with you. Um, Alright, so sort of capping it off. Any, any of your favorite surprises or reveals from the show? I did say beforehand I wanted to mention Elden Ring. Um, oh, yes. That uh, coming from From Software and George R. R. Martin. Um, two of the greatest creators of content for the last 10 years. So I will be soaking up that game as much as I can whenever it does actually release. So looking forward to that. They didn't give us a whole lot. They gave us a brief cinematic kind of trailer. Has a very Dark Souls-ish look, and I think they confirmed that we will be able to create our own character again. Um... Unlike Dark Souls, or not Dark Souls, unlike Sekiro, where we were stuck playing Sekiro, um, back to a Dark Souls Bloodborne style format where we can make up our own character again, choose our own play style. Um, But other than that, we don't know a whole lot. But it looks amazing. It does look really cool. I'm pretty pumped about that too. It was just the cinematic, right? There wasn't anything really to it? No, that was it. Okay. But the cinematic's enough because you like if you've played the Dark Souls games, if you've played Secure, if you played any of them, you can see things that give you big tells as to what's coming. Like you see p- bits of beasts of some kind. That's a thing with these games. Is like you're going to have boss battles against big giant beasts of some sort, and they're usually like right. like Bloodborne. They were like Lovecraftian creations of crazy ass kinds. Whereas Dark Souls games took a more medieval approach, so they would be, you know, the beasts would be demons or gargoyles, things like that. But it also has that Dark Souls feel where you could be battling against, like, knights and things like that was a big thing in Dark Souls. Knights and kings and queens, things like that were what you fought as well. So you can kind of get that tone and sense of all that's going to be in this game. Um. So, gotcha. Yeah, can't wait for that. I don't know. Favorite, favorite surprise for me, I think, was the Keanu thing. I, I think that's yeah, that's for sure. Keanu coming out and being part of that game, I think, was a completely unexpected. And caught me. Did off you guard. go? Couldn't help but smile. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I was too busy. Like, what the fuck is he doing here? Kind of thing. Um, anything you're most looking forward to? I don't know if that classifies the same thing as sort of your surprise but anything in the list of stuff that's coming that you're most anticipating yeah, it's 
probably a toss-up between Fallen Order and probably Cyberpunk for me. Um, Shadow Keep and Elden Ring and Cyberpunk. God damn it, just a lot of good shit coming. But <laughs> Elden yeah. Ring would probably top my list. Oh, there was there was a game that we forgot to say. I, I think it's a PC exclusive, or at least the other games were. But their uh, Baldur's Gate three is coming out as well. Oh yeah, that fell through my radar. I didn't I didn't see anything about that. But I, I guess you're going to be fighting the uh, Illithids, the sort of like tentacly squid looking humanoids. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I only played a little bit of Baldur's Gate one, but. You know, they were pretty good games, and it's been a long time since there was a Baldur's Gate game, so. Yeah. Um, all right, last question. Um, we got Microsoft's announcement of their next console, or at least a little bit of details. We know Sony is working on another console. When do we think we'll hear anything from Sony? Next month. I think you hit it with Gamescom. Yeah, I remember, I should have looked up the dates for Gamescom. I think it's a couple months away. Like, I, I'm thinking, I don't know if Sony's going to do their own event, just like a sort of like a Nintendo Direct thing, or if they're going to use another show to try to announce this stuff. But, yeah, I think my my guess would be Gamescom. That's the other only other big one, big game show that I could think about where announcements could be made. Yeah, I mean, other than so. just making their own random YouTube announcement, like you're saying, like putting something together on their own time, I would say definitely Gamescom. Right. Or next year. I don't know. You know, maybe further down the road. All right. Uh, I guess that's it. Any any final things to add? I think I think we've talked long enough. I'm trying to just get it all out of our system after we haven't done this for a while. <laughs> I, I think we can all agree that we can just call this PlayStation product PlayStation Five. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. Um. All right. So <clears throat> if you've enjoyed the show. Please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review, and be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. As always, you can find us on Facebook, search Bryguy and Super Friends, or go to facebook.com slash Friends. Uh, you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, anything else you want to discuss, that's where you can find us. Um, try to email, email us, Friends at gmail.com. I probably won't check it, but it's there if you want it. Uh, you can tweet us at Friends on Twitter. That we will see. Mike and I, someone will, will try to grab that and talk to you. Um, and on behalf of Andy, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. You're breathtaking!